Sometimes I tell the boy old stories of courage and justice, difficult as they are to remember. All I know is the child is my warrant. And if he is not the word of God, then God never spoke. Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski, that's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hydroburg. What country are you from? What? what ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts and hopefully its listeners. I'm your host tonight, Hydroberg, and joining me are my co-hosts, our very own 8-Bit Killer, John, a.k.a. Kinetic Onslaught. Yo, 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 what up, man? Yo, what up? I like that. I like that new intro. Fuck yeah, that's right. I like the 8-Bit Killer, that's cool. The 8-Bit Killer, that's right, that's right. And also on the cast tonight, our resident cinematic archaeologist, also a pervert, Rob. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's fine. We're going to keep up? that. That's fine. I, I'll, I'll let people. Oh, I just, I, that moment that John says it in, uh, what episode is that? That was a fistful? No. Yeah, I think it was fistful. No, 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 no. Uh, the... It was the last one we just did, I thought. Yeah, it was. Oh, his, a, it was an older episode. I thought it's yeah. out already. Anyway. It'll be out by the time we have this conversation. But yeah, that shit had me rolling. Just hearing <laughs> uh, whatever film it was. It's not the film we're covering tonight. Deviant. It's great. <laughs> tonight, yeah. Tonight but, we're covering The Road. My that, is, that we are. From 2000. Why are we covering The Road? Uh, you know, because uh, life's a, a hard road, you know, the hardest of hard roads. And uh, I don't know, this movie, Um, I found this movie, I read the book after I got into No Country for Old Men. Mm. I saw that movie and I was really into it. And then I, I met a friend through work, my buddy Bill, who's since passed away, my buddy Billy. Um, and we just connected really well um, through movies and music and stuff like that. The same as we are here. Like, Thanks. just you know, it was like one of those times where you just meet somebody at work when they become like you scoop them in and they just become part of your close friendship, you know, with, yeah. older, you know, people you've known your whole life. But yeah, he lent me the book after I was showing interest in McCarthy's writing. Because I had read No Country for Old Men after Dang. seeing the movie. Yeah, same author. Yeah, so I read this and then I watched the movie. Um, I rented it. And yeah, it's always uh, sad. I mean, I've seen this movie maybe twice. I, this was the third time I think I've watched it. It's You know, it's not the easiest watch. So, yeah, but definitely um, I I always thought it was a really good film. And I just thought, you know, McCarthy's writing is really good. It's super solid. So, yeah, that's why I picked it. Um, which one of you guys had not seen it? Uh, I had never seen this film. You had never seen it, Rob? Yep, nope. Good. So I got one out of the out of the two. There you go. Hey, 50 percent. It can't be mad about that. Shooting shooting good. Like call me LeBron, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, before we kind of get into our uh synopsis and stuff like that, there is like one uh one thing to know is the so the director is a guy by the name of John Hillcote. He's an Australian director. The film that kind of got him noticed by the producers uh, was his film called The Proposition, mm. and it's apparently it. like a, it's a it's like a, a western that was filmed in Australia. So it's an Aussie uh, 
Aussie Western or, uh, or the Outback Westerns, the way that he filmed it, uh, they felt like his how his uh, camera vision would work really well for this film, which it clearly did. And what I appreciate about the director is that he chose to not go the CGI route, which would have been a lot easier to do trying to do a post-apocalyptic style world. But no, he went to actual locations uh, that he, uh, there's three places that he filmed, filmed in Louisiana, he filmed in Oregon, and he filmed in uh, Pittsburgh, which, you know, if you're a fan of any... uh, I thought Pittsburgh was the one place that they might have been in uh, towards the end, yeah. Oregon sounds right, too. There's a couple of shots where I was like, yeah, it does look pretty organ-y. Yeah, so Mm. there were certain parts (laughs) of Louisiana that were still under the effects of Hurricane Katrina. So there was still a lot of destruction there. So they they used that. I think they used some like burned out buildings in Oregon after they had like a forest fire. So they filmed part of the location there. So it looked everything looked fucked up and destroyed. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, and then uh, Pittsburgh in the middle of winter it's like yeah it's nice during the fall and like you know all all times during the year but in winter it looks like a wasteland so they filmed in the winter and obviously there was some cold air cold parts there so they they they, uh they used some creativity and uh, the surroundings that they had and made a great film that's pretty cool that's interesting actually Uh, i i did kind of think that might have been pittsburgh because when i was looking at the city i was like i I don't think it's new york it's Mm -hmm. definitely not chicago because they're heading south and they was way later in the film and I was like, I was looking for the look kind of like that. And I was like, maybe Pittsburgh. Yeah. And because they're off the coast, too. Yeah. Right. I was looking for the zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> but yeah, but, um, that's, that's all I have for pre-production. So why don't we uh, dive okay. in? Uh, yeah. So I'll drop the spoiler warning. Meow, 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 meow. Spoiler alert. <clears throat> that's our uh, patented uh, spoiler warning. So uh, copywritten. Please don't, you know, even Perfect drop everything. <laughs> Don't even try and fucking sample that because we you will be hearing from our... We'll list. get you. All right. In a dangerous post-apocalyptic world, an ailing father defends his son as they slowly travel to the sea. Not much really there as far as synopsis, but... Oh, we're traveling uh, to the sea again, just like in The Warriors. This is true, yeah. A similar tale. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, it is. It's sort of... I did mention in the Warriors, it felt like a road movie in a sense. It's a chase film, but they're on. Yeah. Film. So, um, yeah, no, but yeah, this does have a this is like a road film as well. It's just uh, on foot road film. Right. Yeah, we, we, we've we we done a number of road films. Obviously, this one has yeah, the, the road, but this is uh, uh, definitely in that vein. We've done a number of films, too, with narration now uh, and a narrator. Yeah. We we've uh, gotten lucky because there's a lot there's a lot of films out there that use narration in a yeah, really poor way, but yeah. we've chosen ones that have used it in a very clever way. I think it's yeah. done really well. Absolutely, I have some ideas from some other films too that might use narration pretty cleverly too for the docket later down the line. Oh, cool! But um, yeah, I do. I love this opening though because we it does show us a glimpse at like what once was because we start the film in the 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 past. Well, we don't know when it is at first, but we're like. It right. looks nice out, and um, we never really find out like what caused the event. We don't really need to, but um, you know, it looks like everything goes on fire all of a sudden one night. Vigo's character, which is he's just labeled as man, mm-hmm. uh, he wakes up and seeing this, he runs the tub immediately. Which I thought, you know, his wife's like, "Why would you you want to take a bath at this time?" Like, but it's very smart that he, uh, you know, he's collecting clean water. He recognizes the situation outside. Right. And I like that you see that he's a very capable man. And like, I feel like that fills us in right away on just who he is kind of 
uh, right. really quickly um, in the movie. He doesn't. He has hope. He doesn't give up. Yeah. And there, there, there's a theme that we're going to be talking about throughout the film uh, that I think is an allegory for something about having like that fire within. Do you have the fire? You know, and you know, uh, there's a, the talk of them uh, not eating people or you know not yeah. result uh, you know succumbing to cannibalism or we're we're gonna we're gonna do things the right way. Yeah, stay if the good guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. the good guys, and yeah. uh, what? And we don't know exactly what that means. Like, what do you mean by being the good guy? And well, not eating people. That's definitely well, that's one. Yeah, yeah, that's step one. Step one. Don't, don't eat, people. eat people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I like that. No one. There's no names except for one person in the film. Yeah, uh, and I think there's a reason as to why that is. I'll get into that later. Yeah, because yeah. we got the woman after, right? Yeah, so we have we see the first scene we see the man and woman. Mm-hmm. She looks slightly like, pregnant because she's holding her like stomach yeah. for a moment. It's very low, but um, early stages of pregnancy. And then uh, we cut back to the man post apocalypse, and it was just a you know he's dreaming at that moment. And I just kind of love that contrast like right away. And I like that we don't waste a bunch of time in the past. Like it's there enough in this film that it deepens the story. But it never over like this is not the past film. We're dealing with the present, which is bleak right. as fuck. Um, and I I like so we talked on Vanishing Point about like, or I talked about on Vanishing Point where I felt like you know this is a man at the end of his life and he's reflecting on like the things of the past mm-hmm. that he's dealt with. Well, we're definitely getting that in this film. You know, it's pretty like spelled out because in when they go to sleep, we get some of those flashbacks of like the past of him, like what happened between him and his wife. And so in the book, and you'll probably know this Heidelberg, the, the woman is not as prominent in the book as far as I know, from what I've heard. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Charlize Theron, who is a huge fan of the book, who plays the woman, she uh, was friends with the producer and she wanted to be in this film and they, they ended up making her role much more prominent through these flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so they, I don't think they uh, messed really too much with the, 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 the core of the story of no. what makes it the road. I think it does add a little bit of an element to the story as well. Too. It deepens her character a little bit. It shows yeah, a little bit and, more of where she was coming from, even, you know? Yeah. I think it was a really clever way of including her into the film. Yeah. Because I, I, Two originally thought like, oh, she's left right away and he was raising this kid all along. But then I remember we cut back later and we see that like, no, they've been raising their son together for years and years surviving. And she's right. just broken at one point. Where so she's... like from that from that first scene on to I like what know. becomes the present. What I think it's like eight years or something like that, that from the uh, the beginning of these events to what the present day is. Is that okay. how old he's supposed to be? Yeah, I think like he's nine or so. eight years old. Okay. See if he uh, seems older. Well, he now the actual actor might be a little bit older. Um, who actually this is his second film he ever did too, which yeah, he, man, he does Cody. a good job in this film though. Yeah, and yeah. You, uh, you might recognize him from a few films too. He's been in uh, some stuff that I was like, oh shit, I didn't know he was. He was uh, in X Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. He was yeah. uh, Nightcrawler. Oh shit! And he is in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, so the second of the new Planet of the Apes trilogy. Yeah, he's the son. Yeah, Alexander. Hmm. So nice. he's been, he, and he's had a whole bunch of other work. I mean, he's an Australian actor as well. So he's 
got a lot of Australian films uh, in, under his belt. But I think he's worked with uh, this this director quite a bit too, John Hilko. Nice. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. He's an Australian director. You said, right? Right. Yeah. But yeah. So we get the we get the we get the man and the uh, boy. They're sleeping together. So we just you know we assume that that's probably the baby. You know that he had at one point maybe. Uh, yeah. You know it's not explained right away, but they're sleeping and then. I like this little dope little cave area that we start out in, like the the waterfall in the background. But then we get yeah. the look at the land, and it's just so barren. Looks like it's yeah. been burned. I I think well, and we see that like yeah, there's there um there is we see that giant fire at the beginning of the film, or at least like what uh, not like in full of like what happened, but we see, know like, that the hue of it and like the, the, the you could see the light outside yeah. glowing, so you could tell it's like huge flames and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, and what you're saying is like what I what I also like about this is that we don't focus on like what exactly the problem was or what created yeah. this event. It's just like here here's our characters. It's the story of these characters and their will to yeah, survive. That's the backdrop. It's about yeah. It's about the characters. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot you can glean from this as far as you know themes or stories. Like I, I there's so many. You know, like taking care of your parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, from just you know, and I, there, I just felt like there was a lot that I got of it, it, the 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 symbolism of like you know the child walking with the dad and him slowly deteriorating and then teaching you know, your I, kids not having enough time to right exactly but teach like, them like everything that I I can't remember where at, at one point he makes a comment to him and he's like no I'm the one who worries about it I'm the one who's taking care like it's like yeah that's towards the end that's actually a pretty impactful scene too. Right. I get, I think it, I think it has that. That's why I think it's so much about like, you can pull from it where it's like, if you, if you are, you know, like if you have to take care of your parents, you know, it, there's just mm-hmm. a, a lot that I think it kind of lends to where you can, you can relate it to that in a sense. And it's just like, I think it can become a lot more powerful personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause there's that moment where the, the, yeah, he says to his son, like, you don't need to worry about this stuff. Like, this is what I, this is my job. And then the son's like, no, you're wrong. I do worry. I have to worry. Right. Like he know. I hear you coughing. Like, I know I'm going to be alone soon. You know what I mean? Like, I need right. to worry about this as much yeah. as you do. And I'll be taking it, on your worry when you're gone. So I also, you know, we just came off a couple of weeks ago doing The Life of Pi. Mm-hmm. And this has some similar themes to that. It does. It does about, yeah. like, father teaching son. Right? Yeah. Uh, survival. Um, what it takes, you know, the inner, you know monster or or whatever you want to call it like drive yeah. or to survive and what you're capable of um i do like in this like the boy in the very beginning it sets up very well the earth's barren we get the glimpse at the old lifestyle and relationship with mom so we know that that's something then mm-hmm. we get to see the boy earthquake startles the boy and the dad runs up to him and the boy's like really like you know startled and i like that the dad just kind of like embraces him and um you know he just says it's okay. Uh, you know, I'm here. I'm here. It's okay. And it's kind of right. just, and then it fades to black and we get the title card. And that's kind of, that's the theme of this movie right there is right. I'm here. I'm here. Dad being there for his son and taking care of him, you know, in this scenario. Um, it was crazy. Also, it's like, this is, this is the only world that this kid knows. Yeah. 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 And we see that played through. That's, that's a theme that plays throughout the film too. In moments, there's a moment or uh, later on, when the, when the dad finds his old, they come across his old house that he grew up in as a kid, and right. he's very he's very nostalgic. But like it falls on deaf ears with the son because he's he right. doesn't come from this world. You yeah, know I mean? he has no attachment to that, so he doesn't right. really get it. 
you know he's he keeps trying he's like we got to get the fuck out of here yeah yeah exactly like we don't have time for this this is dangerous you know ben that and that's the world that he's been taught um right and he does seem like a little to me there's that moment in the barn when they come across like the dead bodies and stuff um he seems like a little stunted like emotionally in a sense like i don't know if it's just his the way he is or like, because his dad's protecting him this entire time that they've been mm. on the road, right? Um, you know, he grew up in he grew up sheltered because they were just hunkered down. So right. you know I mean? he hasn't been out in the world until they had to go out there. And then um, also, you know, his even though his dad cares for him, like the the tremendous care that he provides to him, some you could be seen as coddling. You know what I mean? In a sense. And then the boy sort of seems like you would think that he would have super tough skin growing up in this world. Right. But it's kind of the opposite. And also seeing these traumatic things may really take it's like taking a toll on him mentally because it's, you know, he's not he grew up in this apartment, I feel like. And now he's in that the harsh environment and he wasn't raised to jump into that. You know, dad knew what it was going to be like, but I don't think son had any idea. Right. What the road, you know, itself this is have on because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like how this would play. So this kid obviously has never known any sort of normal life. The only people that he knows in his life are his father uh, Papa. And, and yeah, Papa, uh, Papa. And, yeah, and <laughs> and his mom who abandons him essentially. Yeah. So that's sad too, because it's I don't know, that's tough. So that's yeah. that's traumatizing. But then we don't also know like how long that they've been on the road. So it's potential that. You know, like the the only other people that he's met in his life or that he's interacted with are people that are trying they're trying to get something from them by any means necessary. Oh yeah, so that also yeah, of course I would stunt. Yeah, his you're right. And like every time they come across a stranger, he wants to do like the nice, the right thing, which is dangerous in this world now. Yeah, we, but that's also what his dad has been teaching him too. Right. Because it's like we are the good guys. You know, we're not we're not going to succumb to the evils of this environment. We are still going to be. We're going to do the right thing. And for a young, I don't kid, know. His dad does some. Well, I, well, I think it starts off that way and he deterred like I think it's a combination of what you're saying, right? Because he definitely starts off with this like uh, with this extreme savior complex, like all the way through. You, you know what I mean? He's from the, the conversations with the wife to how he's t- to, to leaving with the child when he does like he, he is all the way uh, the good guy. And I think yeah, as he's, they, he's hopeful, you know, right, exactly. And I think as he goes through these events and things start to unfold, it's like it's eating away at that piece of that old world. You know what I mean? That That's yeah. what's keeping him going. And so he's going into these things and these situations and he's coming out better. Uh, you know, he's coming out or, or he, he's going in as a good guy. And then once he walks away, it's like a part of that old life that we're talking about. That old world is dying. And it, that's, you know, part of him, like losing, trying to be the good guy that that's he's, a good he's point, yeah. trying to instill on this child. Because he even I tells him at one point, he's like, "You, you look at me like I'm from another world." Yeah, don't you? Yeah, and, and he, and he's like, "Yeah," because he, like you said, he, he just has zero concept of the idea of a fucking uh, a couch cushion marking the height on a fucking. Dude, that scene doorway. where he puts the couch cushion like in, right. almost as if like he could hear his own mother saying, "Like, put the cushion back," you know? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's putting it on back on the old furniture, and he sits down just for a moment, and yep. he puts his. I thought he was gonna take a nap. Yeah, right. He puts uh, his hand, down, you know, up to his head, and he kind of just rests, yeah. and he looks at himself in the mirror. Yeah, 
I wonder too, because that's the point where I think uh, the man is starting to lose a little bit of his humanity. Like he's, yes. he's been out and he's starting to succumb to the evils that are out there. Well, he's, and sick. I think he, he knows he's well, sick too. and he doesn't have a lot of time. So right. that's now everything's accelerated. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think this is also like him going back to his childhood home is a way to recapture that, like a little bit of the, the goodness that, you know, he's, uh, in it, maybe inadvertently been trying to hand down to his son. Well, we see his sons like clutching onto his childhood too, as one does, you know, throughout right. at certain with times. his stuff. Yeah, like he's got, he's, you know, they're in like a horrible situation and the kids like clutching like a little stuffed animal, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, like, and he looks old enough where he should be holding a gun or like a bat or something or right, some kind of weapon, know, anything, just something. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like that's just who he is and his uh his innocence i don't know there's moments where i I find it really admirable and then there's moments where i think it's foolish in a sense so i'm kind of conflicted on his character like and that's the point right i think it's you know it's a good character that you're kind of like kid don't be so foolish but at the same time it's like well who's gonna carry that on that's the fire right we're carrying that on we're carrying on thinking about thy neighbor and, and not just thyself and stuff like that. Those are qualities you're going to lose fast in a world like this. There's not so many people around and the rest of the people that are, are horrible. We see that later on in the film with the Raiders and the cannibals. So, Oh yeah. But there's moments definitely where the film, I don't know. There's like poignancy. Uh, we don't have to touch on it now, but like the moment with Robert Duvall's character, I think is excellent. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll man. get into that, but uh, yeah. we should, we should, cause we only really meet one time. Well, yeah. One, like, well, there's two times actually, but like the this first one is probably the I think the most intense, uh, where they uh they're sleeping in that car and they're woken by yeah the approaching gang. The Raiders, yeah. The Raiders, yeah. And they're and in like a truck. They're at like the they're at like the entrance way to like a tunnel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're sleeping in one of the abandoned cars. Now, do you guys think that those were cannibals? No, they're absolutely cannibals. Yeah. It answers the question at the end, the last scene. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I, I had forgotten about that. Yes, they yeah. are cannibals. And that's, John, part of the thing about this movie is there are like these elements of horror. Oh, for sure. To this film. and But they're not like exaggerated because it's just like apocalyptic type violence. Right. You know I, mean? I was, like, ta- I was, I, me and Berg were talking a little bit and I was like, man, I totally, it's funny because a Berg film is always, you know, it's, it's funny to hear him talk about stuff sometimes. Like, I can't remember what we were talking about and you're like, well, I could have used a little more gold. Yeah, I did. And then it's like, it, it, and then with this, as I'm watching it, because I'm not a big horror movie guy, right? Um, I just don't like being scared. <laughs> and so, when you in this movie, you get that feeling naturally, I think, when it's like like the the situations that they're thrown into and the things that they're overcoming, where it's like it, it, it there there's there's no filter in between no. to be like, this is a scary movie, you know, what grounded, I mean? you know, like like it's like, no, this is humanity devolved to fucking animal kingdom base instinct shit. And absolutely, this would be a fucking thing, right? I mean, if in a situation where this happens, like, yeah, you're going to have fucking hordes of gangs of tribes of people uh, dying, like killing people, thriving, like trying to thrive in this situation where they're going to be eating people. And so you have to. Yeah, there's going to be. Yeah, I will make that choice. 
And so you just like to me, I was like, there's definitely some very horrific thoughts and themes and and scenes in this movie where it feels like that because it's just like, like, fuck, you, you, you almost get that thought naturally. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like horror movies, it's a, a lot of times like, you know, uh, uh, like some kind of meaning that is leading to something that could really be terrifying in real life. And this it just it, that's what fucking life could potentially be like. You don't need that that filter it's like holy shit like yeah that would that would be real that's yeah this is like kind of like more uh, i mean obviously this is not a real story but it it, this is something that if if society devolves to that point you know this is real horror in a sense like this is what could happen and i like that the event too seems to be based around more like natural disaster than yes virus or like zombies obviously yeah and that's what i like i like that too it's not like you have some like roving monster that's kind of coming there's out there's no true life. explanation there's a you know the trees and the crops are decimated the animals are mostly gone the one thing that i i thought of and i'm maybe fired on this i was thinking of interstellar you know they had the blight where it was kind mm-hmm. of wiping out uh mm-hmm. you know crop by crop and we don't know what the reason is that caused that but then there's earthquakes and fires too it almost seems like the rapture <laughs> yeah well and, hey you know what we're we're gonna talk about that because this is there's a, there's definitely i see an allegory here yeah. towards something uh but uh what i the the gang member that we do end up meeting is uh my boy uh garrett uh garrett dillahunt who is you know in deadwood fear the walk yeah, he's awesome in, in this role too dude yeah. he's great he he excels in like roles like this he's it's just army sort of fucking yeah because he can play the hero he can play a villain yeah, he's he can. kind of well-rounded he's great he's in justified he's great in that yeah um, justified is a uh, fantastic sorry to cut justified is great oh, <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah he's he's great and he's just man you that scene is so tense i like when so the, the their truck breaks down and and they start doing it kind of like checking the perimeter a little bit. And this dude comes to take a piss. Yeah. It's upon uh, Papa and the son in a like a little like ravine trying to hide. Right. This is a yeah. Magnum 44. It's what, no, it's, yeah. Yeah. So and the whole thing is this movie has been uh, showing us that this dude's only got two bullets, right? Right. Mm-hmm. He's got two bullets for the gun. It's one for him, one for his son. He's he has shown his son at moments like with the barn when they see the suicide of the family. You know, he explains to him again, like he takes that moment. We live in this unfortunate world where like you and I need to kill each other if we have to, because there is a fate worse than death. And that's what we're seeing playing out right now. These raiders yeah. who right. are going to eat you if they get you or keep yeah. you alive and eat you. And we'll talk about that more later, too. Yeah. Oh, fuck. But um, yeah, I love that moment where he's like they have that altercation, that interaction. And he's just got the gun train on him. He's like, look at me. Don't look at the fucking boy. Yeah, he's looking at the boy. And he's like, "Oh, you look really hungry. You, you, you should come with us. We have food." And he's like, "You don't have any. Like, I know. Yeah, we know, we know what you got. Yeah, I just love the way he owns him in that moment. He's like, "You don't have any fucking food, bro. Yeah, so come down here. Yeah, because you know, I'm about to cap your ass. <laughs> yeah, the guy, yeah. The guy and won't. The guy's smart too because like you probably yeah. have one, or maybe two. two bullets. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and "You're not like, a killer." And it's yeah, like, fuck, he's onto it. Like, <laughs> you're I like that moment because I think, um, I think our guy owns him so elegantly where he's just like, he's like, well, if you shoot, they'll hear. He's like, but you won't. Yeah, you won't hear. <laughs> yeah, that was great. You know, because it'll be, it'll go through your skull and be lodged in your brain before you can even hear the sound. And then he starts talking about his brain and 
being soup and shit. He sounds yeah, like and the words, a doctor dude. or something. Or just a very intelligent man, you know? Right. That's a badass shit to say. Yeah, it was pretty cool the way he said it. <laughs> For sure it was. Well, that's what ends up happening. He kills him, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, because he goes for the boy. Yeah. And the dad does not hesitate. He fires right nope. away. Takes him out. Yeah. Boom. But that alerts all the rest, and they have to fucking hightail it out of there. Yep. And then dad and takes son, just throws son over his shoulder. Son's catatonic at this moment because he just had a guy's brain blow up next to him. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, like, like he's that, holding the cake when it happens. That's a real thing. Like, you know, when it's seeing someone be shot to death. Yeah. And the loud gunshot, the guy was right next to you. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I imagine that's the first person that uh, the man has killed, too. But I mean, obviously, possibly he... or the first time maybe son seen him kill. I don't know. It's that, it, that's a good explained. question because because uh, the man does not hesitate whatsoever, and I right. think it's more, maybe that that's uh, that instinct to save your son maybe took over, and he didn't hesitate there. But, but you could be right because they show the two bullets with the mom later, uh, and the flashback. So used them. yeah, so they've never used them. So maybe he didn't. I don't know. Maybe he's well, no, lucky. They, but he looked like a, a he looked like he's been in this situation before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, and I would think, like possible. you said, the way he reacts and is, like you said, there's no hesitation to it. To me, kind of is evidence of like, like, no, he has, and he, you know, he will. Because we have no he, idea who this guy is. We don't know right. anything about his background. He could have been a a veteran. He could have been like he did have a cop killer. mustache when we first see him. Yeah, he does have that. Stash. He's got it's that cop mustache. But in if like let's say he had never killed anyone before. Sure, sure. Yeah. That is a traumatic moment. Of course. You can, ask, you can ask soldiers, you can ask cops. Mm-hmm. Like that it doesn't matter who it is. Yes, you were you were right in what you did. Yeah. But that sticks with you. You actually remember like the face of the person you kill. Like you like that. It's like a haunting of your dream in a lot of ways. I think yeah, and I think the atmosphere in this film is just stellar. Like this scene in particular. Like I love the I don't know, like everything's gray. I love like, yeah. the bleak gray tones of the, the the film visually, but also thematically. Like we're talking here with this altercation with there. The there is one. Uh, well, we'll talk about it at the end of the film. There's only one thing that really has some sort of color mm-hmm. at the at yeah. the end of, at the end of things. It, well, I mean, there's there's the the reliving in the dreams. Yeah, that's obviously of, got of a time. Of but in this world, there's one thing that has color that we'll talk about at the end. That shows so when up. they well, when, when he's at the He's at the the. I mean, he he tells them right. He brings up the the when they're about to go swimming, right? And he's like, "Oh, no, no, he's, this is um, this is I think just before that moment. Before they, I'm get getting the- sidetracked though. I want to go back to the cannibals because the the reason that we know for sure that they are cannibals is because when when they come back from getting hunted, well, when they're hunted, there's that scene too where their dad is consoling the son who's catatonic at this moment. We get the backdrop of the guys with torches. Right. The cannibals still looking for them at night. And he's got the man's got the gun dra- trained on his son's head, you know? Right. He's yep. holding him as if like at the last moment, I'm going to shoot my son so he doesn't have to endure whatever these guys have planned. Right. Yeah. They make it through the night and they go back to their cart and it's mostly picked through and right. their bags and stuff. Um, but then they, you see really clo- quickly, you see um, the innards of a dead body and then the head under the car yeah. of the hunter. The uh the the what's called the Raider Dolan's character. Oh shit, yeah. I missed that. You didn't see yeah. his head? No. Or the guts? No, I I'm I Oh, he looks right at that. it. It's yeah. a whole it's the whole innards. So they have his carcass, you know, yeah. they gutted him. 
and they cut his head oh, off. Oh shit! See, that's I yeah. They took that. the body, yeah, because they're you know it's fresh meat. They're not gonna let it go to waste. Right. I think now, like when I wa- if I wa- when yeah, I watch suspicions confirmed, they were cannibals for sure. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I love that little bit too because it just shows it for a moment, and then we cut to like the next scene is them like I think camping or whatever. Oh no, we you like I do like the day to day stuff where we get to see them just like pushing the cart and like what they have to go through. Right, scavenging. Yeah, like, and stuff said, like it's, that. A, it's a road movie. Like there, yeah. it's where the a lot of it is the the boringness of the travel. Yeah, and it's but it's you and then the set pieces that they stop at. Right, like the, the gas station that we get in the beginning. I liked. Um, if you take a close look at that too, there's like a body out front. It's yep. all bones, but yeah, it's like it's like looks like it's been fucking stomped on almost. And I was getting like real Fallout vibes from like that that some of these. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good. Uh, uh, yeah and i don't know if you you guys might probably already know but um part of the inspiration for the video game the last of us was taken from this story like really? neil Druckmann had read this book and then i possibly seen the movie too i don't know the exact order of it um but yeah that was inspiration of that and that that um uh planet earth documentary that had showed the cordyceps you know and what they do that sort of sparked the idea of like, well, what if there was an apocalypse event, you know, that, you know, by these cordyceps and there was a, a father son or father kid relationship like in the road, you know, and you had to survive on the, you know, out there. And that human beings were like some of the worst creatures that you would really come across. Um, yeah. yeah, That's the inspiration between behind the last of us. So I like that this movie and the book is like totally sets that. I, I just think this movie does a really good apocalypse environment. Definitely. Yeah, what what I like about it, it's not, you know, there's it's not like it didn't create like some sort of, I mean, there are monsters in this film, but they're human. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's it's not not over the top, you know, like, like, because I I was thinking like Book of Eli, like when you watch Book of Eli, you see that shit is just like so over the top. I got that. There was a scene in that that I thought was in this movie, too. I, uh, me too. I, I had that happen. Yeah, it was too. when they go to the house in that moment. And yes, with the cannibals and they. I fall thought it was down happening in this movie. I thought I, it yes, happened. In this movie. I was and then I realized no, that's I Book did of the Eli. Exact same thing. That's hella funny. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, where's the old couple? And I was yes, like, no, yeah, wait, that yeah, would be yeah. redundant though, because they already had a situation similar. Right. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, I yeah. had the exact same yeah, thing. But it's Book of Eli. But yeah, you're right. It's played more realistically. Like they are villains. They are monsters, but they're not snarling beasts. They're just humans that are so desperate that the. You know they're they're hunting humans now. Um, well, and and even like I I'm referring really to the backdrop of it too, right? I mean because I, you know I've seen places that have been you know absolutely desolated by forest fire, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like it, it it looked exactly like that. Like it didn't look like it was. You know what I mean? Like it looked. Whereas like in, I I guess what I'm saying is like in Book of Eli you see like fucking freeways that are just completely destroyed and and yeah. like like complete like dune destruction. This was really just well, this like, wasn't done by war. You know what I mean? This is you right. know natural disaster almost. Yeah, this looks just like like and famine or whatever like something like that. So. Yeah, fires and fucking earthquakes. You know, really uh-huh. all we see is like drop trees and you know burnt houses. Yeah, and the trees are just dying out. It right. sounds like like they're right. just yeah. falling, just randomly. like rotting yeah. from the roots and yeah. Just, yeah, that, that's why I said, like, you know, it's similar to, like, Interstellar with the blight that they were going right, to right. Yeah, That's kind of what it feels like. This is a, like, a, a, a maybe what a natural progression of, like, if they had stayed on Earth, what this would have become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that moment in the beginning, too, where we're getting the narration still, and they're traveling, and we see these different locations. And there's that moment they go through a building that looks like a department store. And I like that you see the kid, there's jewelry and, and money on the ground. Like, yeah. And he, he just walks right through it. That. 
Yeah, you know, it's meaningless now, as well as to him, because he never grew up in a world that even used it. You know what I mean? Like, right. it so makes me wonder if like that was whatever. the mall from Dawn of the Dead. Right, just... it's a similar kind of vibe to that, or Day of the Dead when there's all the money on the ground. It's just meaningless in in a situation like this. And I do kind of like that um, that contrast that we get there. And then we get this moment where they're like searching this building, and I. I Guys, get you someone that looks at you the way this man looks at this. There's a moment where the kid's looking around and and he's looking in wonder at the deer head and dad's watching him. And then dad narrates. And I love this moment. He says, sometimes I tell the boy old stories of courage and justice, difficult as they are to remember. All I know is the child is my ward. And if he is not the word of God, then God never spoke. And I just like, I think that's really impactful. And to, for me, I felt like it was meant for me, at least, to take it as like the weight is it of his responsibility to protect his son and raise him as God's words in his own ears. You know what I mean? As God saying, do this one thing right. Get this kid, raise him right, get him going. You know what I mean? Before you die. Like, that's your job. And that's all you have to do. I also love the moment where he finds like the, the Coke can from the, the machine. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And it's like, because this kid is never, you know, like, he's never, uh-huh. under, he doesn't know what a Coke is. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and oh man, that must have been, he's like, oh, it's like really nice. It's sweet. It's like, it tastes great. He gets the burps off of it. Yeah. yeah. There's still and enough. It's like, like this really like sweet moment that you, that they get. Together. And what does he do? He shares it with his papa, right? Like, yeah. So I'm like, papa says, I don't want any, but yeah. It's like, like, bro, I fucking person. drink these by the 24 pack. Back yeah, he's like, you've never you've had one. had one in your life. Just you. take it to the fucking face, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is that is a great moment. Like, that's one of those moments that's just like and there's a moment where they get to share the old world. You know, he doesn't have to over explain it. It's just like, here's a drink from when right, right. your dad was, you know, from the old. Hey, world. Here, he, not you. It's the like the, the first time he actually gets to take like actually experience something from mm-hmm. the world that his dad grew up in it, yeah and then we no get the bunker scene later until the bunker scene yes yeah where they really get to indulge which is pretty cool but yeah i do like that mounted deer scene i love that bit of dialogue about the kid and their situation and uh like the next night they camp or that night they're camping and you see papa's reading in the story and stuff so they have this like great kind of relationship that you know try to maintain in this world that's just so fucking bleak bro yeah there's not a lot of there's really not a lot of hope in this film <laughs> i know they they awaken that same night to like a great blaze and it's gorgeous yeah. and terrifying at the same time it's right that's the earth just dying right and, and like yeah. but it's gore like it's huge and so they just like kind of watch it and like wrapped up in blankets but it's like yeah. terrifying like you have to leave you have to move from that area. Like, that's what he's trying to get him to the sea because it's getting colder. It's getting worse and worse. Yeah. It sounds like, I don't know. Yeah, it's um just, I just, I love the look on here and like, you know, setting up those like fires and everything. It's because uh, it, it's, uh, we don't know what causes those fires. We, we saw it in the very beginning of the film. We see it again here. And it's just this, like this terrifying moment where, fuck, we got to, we got to move. We got to get out of here. We got to, you know, yeah we, we gotta can't start stay here yeah leaving seems to be a theme too like the yeah the mom wants to leave she initially does the dad gets spooked a lot of times wants to stay on the road because his ultimate mission is to get you to the sea not to settle down anywhere in between even if it seems like you know like the bunker area seems like the place you would got to find down. an island to live on yeah <laughs> But, <laughs> Sorry, uh, that's my day of the dead yeah it's kind of it, it kind of feels like that that's yeah the, or, it's it's just get... 
it's a tough reality that they're in, you know, bouncing around like this. And uh, like we did mention before, too, like I do I do really like that the themes of violence in this, like they're portrayed realistically and not as a means to startle or shock you. Like they're right. shocking, yes, because they're realistic, but that's the world, you know, like this film taps into our natural fears in a decent way. That's why you said, John, like you don't necessarily like horror films, but this film did something. I think that's what it does. There's a tension to this film that's like, oh, shit, this could happen. Right. You know, in a number of days and, you know, in any timeline like this, this could just happen randomly. Totally. And this is the world we, we would be in. Who knows? Maybe we're on the brink of it now. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's There's a lot of things pointing that way. But yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, it's scary, I think. And I think this film has a fine balance of maintaining that, but also the fact, you know, this message of like, don't give up. And then, right. you know, as cheesy as that may sound to some people, like, yeah, it's about his kid and their relationship. and Right. And it's like, no matter what, no matter what has happened or what his past is or what is known or what is not, like, None of that shit fucking matters because all it is at the end of the day is like you said, him, it's like he, you know, and he kind of tries to reiterate this point to his wife. I feel like at several points where it's just like, this is our responsibility. Like this mm-hmm. is like what, like yeah. we, 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 this is all we know now is he needs to be safe. That's yep. it. And I think she kind of thinks that in her own way too, but she's broken. And she thinks like, there's that moment where you could see like, he's, fearful of she seems like she's gonna she wants to kill herself and the kid right you know she's just like what are we gonna wait around for for a horrible death like we need if we're gonna raise him right we should just give him a proper death now and get it over with and and like i can kind of understand that argument in a sense i mean in the world they live in but you know he's like no you can't just lay down and give up like no way we can't just do that we can't do that to our son we can't just murder our son and then right commit suicide it's horrible and there's only two bullets right so if he was if they were going to die, he would have had to probably do the dirty work and kill her and him and right. then live and then and maybe kill himself some other way after that. So, yeah. And but there's that moment, too, where her water breaks in the flashback and this anguish on her face. It's a really good bit of acting um, from Charlize Theron in these scenes. Like, yeah, she's in the film for what? Five minutes. Yeah. And it's anguish, not from like pain of childbirth. It's I am not ready for this. I don't want this baby to come. I don't want to bring this baby into this world th- that we're in. And I need yeah. to pause right now. I'm not ready for this. Like that, I had specific so? notes about this scene as well. And this was a very like visceral react, like just the, the, the like utterance that came from her as she's screaming. And like, it was, it, it was, it, yeah, it's a very, very intense scene. I think it's kind of, it, it kind of gets you set up for like what's you it's just like oh fuck it felt heavy you know what it i mean intense. it felt it, it felt like a lot it was just like jesus and so it, it's kind of like that's like that's what that's what we're getting amped up into like that's what we're it's it's coming you know what i mean it makes me wonder too because of how she reacts to things like because uh you know the first scene we we know that she's pregnant mm-hmm. but whatever the event was did that happen after she got pregnant and it's just like it's in society just no she looks pregnant during the um the event when she walks over the tub she's holding the uh, like under her stomach a little bit but that's i'm saying but like you know obviously like being she's probably pretty far along by that point Mm -hmm. you know how how quickly did this event take place was it something very sudden Uh, she only looks i mean she's showing but she's not like too far along I, i wouldn't say she's six months at all at that moment Maybe like three or four months. It's but, like a but, smaller baby bump. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. but even but even then, like you know, did the event just kind of like? Yeah, that's an interesting thought, Rob. I've never even thought. Uh, like, what if the what if the, like, because I think that they, what would have happened, what they would if this was a a baby that they they ended up having sexual relations, you know, while the this event had already happened. I don't think she would have been into that. I think they would have. Uh, she would have. It would maybe it would have been a story about the man and woman just trying to survive. Whereas opposed, oh like, yeah, I don't. Her, she wouldn't have wanted to conceive a kid otherwise. It, yeah, it, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like I think that they they had she got pregnant before all this happened, and then society just fucking collapsed. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's clear by the uh, the scene when the when the apocalypse starts outside their window. Yeah, well, She's I mean, pregnant in that, that scene, but we don't know. Is that the event? Yeah, that that's the event. event? Yeah, because they went to bed on a normal night. They went to bed like normal. That, but like, yeah, like, I like, see. I see what you. I see what you're saying. Like it's like I think Rob is saying like a a, a thought process of the world deteriorating up to this. Like like it, it you know so already was there were kind of bad because they're like, already like, living out in the woods and they're already kind of like. It, it seems like in these flashbacks, like they're preparing for like a Y2K kind of fucking thing already. Like I, that, that was kind of my my what I uh, had thought. I, I was know, like, it seemed to me like they didn't have any that idea first scene, was coming. The windows are boarded up. Right. They're, they're having to succumb to candlelight. They are. He's kind of we already see him. He's a prepper. You know, he right. yeah, that's after everything's happened. Nah, like, see, I think, when he's I got think, all the food and stuff. That's well, that I'm food wasn't there before, so obviously time has passed. I I took that as time passed. That's stuff that they have scavenged, and that's time passing. Huh. She's further along, pregnant. She's not like she, so. We, she's got a small baby bump. Then a couple months have passed now. Now they're at the dinner table discussing still before she's had the baby, and he's got supplies. They've boarded up the windows. They've secured their home wherever it is they are now. It doesn't even look like the same sp- space that they were in before. It feels like I mean, a different and ma- like I said, I, maybe I, I'm reading too much into it. Like as far as like trying to figure out, like because it seems like because we do see like a one quick moment in a flashback, at least you know from the man's perspective, obviously because it's his dream and mm-hmm. his remembrance of a have a memory that. He well, had. there are different flashbacks as well. There are flashbacks to the the time that he spent after the event with his wife. And then when they had the kid and then he has several flashbacks of before they even had a kid when they right. were just them in their like most romantic time making love. And so there's a couple of those scenes spliced in there too. Dude, so which I thought saying? was very interesting too. Real quick, Rob, just, uh, he, he, he's only having nightmares and only bad thoughts, only bad. Like that's kind of everything. Right. And then mm-hmm. they get to this bunker and for the first, I, it just, I, I thought it was, it did the film really well because all of a sudden they, they finally have this hint of safety. They're in this bunker. They've eaten. They got a, a full fresh belly, right? They've taken showers. He's clipped their net. Like they, yeah. th- there's close to, to feeling He's having some whiskey and a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Like and they're, a meal. They're, they feel safe. And yeah. now all of a sudden that is that's the the first time we see a dream sequence of like you're talking about. Like I didn't remember. notice that. Yeah, that's good. Like you one of the nicer I mean? ones. I just I, I thought that was uh, for me it, it that that felt just that that felt real, real nice, real nice. Yeah, a sense of security because, yeah, like you said, they found this spot and they feel good for a moment there. Right. And so now refreshed. I can dream yeah. a good thing about thing. good. Now things. It's... Yeah, that's that's a cool way to think. Yeah, I didn't notice that, actually. 
Well, I was going to make a dumb joke about it. It's like, well, so what you're saying, Heidelberg, is that having kids causes the apocalypse. Because yeah. <laughs> No, no I mean, no. it ends your world, for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just back to their relationship, though, I did feel their relationship, there's, um, I don't know, like it works, but there's like this broken chemistry between uh, Theron and Mortison. It feels like as if like, on purpose like there are two lovers that do love each other but because of these circumstances like that love is torn mm-hmm. you know what i mean like she doesn't feel the same way anymore he feels hopeful like i love you to the end but she's like she she's it's gone to the, yeah she says i don't want to just survive right like, i want to live my life and i can't do that see this is where i think this uh so in a normal situation in the normal world they're probably very different people but they oh. fell in love with each other they have a kid and have a great uh, like life together yeah. Normal circumstances, they're probably going to be married for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the situation, I think that there's something within the man that he he had like the they call it the fire. Do you have the fire? He does. He does have the fire. I don't think that she does. But uh, but no, there she is, doesn't. Yeah. It, but That's it's why not she like gives up. she's not going to be. She's not going to devolve into cannibalism and all that. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to be that. raped or ki- like, but yeah. So she decides to, and we don't know what happens. She just, you know, does she walk into the sea? Does she kill? Her? Does she? Like, well, I mean, she know, walks out there with no coat, no nothing. She walks right out of the darkness after telling him go to this, you know, head south. Right. Um, well, and she even says, right, like, uh, uh, what, what, oh, shit, what does she say? Or, or he, he says her, her, her final parting gift was that, like, that cold night or something. Like, like he makes sign, some kind of remark to, like, how fucking cold that night was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, she walks out there uh, with essentially, you know, a t shirt and fucking, yeah. Like, and yeah. it's funny. It's interesting, too, that, like, you see, like, he doesn't, like, I mean, he tries to stop her, but he doesn't really, like, against her will. Like, he respects her decision. You know what I mean? Like he could have just tried to tie her up or whatever. Like, no, I'm not gonna allow you to do this. Like, I love right. you too much. You're his mom. Yeah. You're not no way you're but he kind of lets it happen. He's sort of like, Well, what am I gonna do? It's her life. He, like Yeah, he knows he's not gonna change her mind. Yeah. So like, why why would I create a why would I uh prolong this mm-hmm. suffering? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's like, I think it's easy to her. to say that, but I think most people in that situation are not gonna that's not gonna be your thought pro. You're not gonna nah, you're gonna you, hold you're not on. gonna like it's you 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 came into this situation with this person you shared everything with and the thought of of them now leaving it would be world destroying like this is, I, but i have a feeling this is a conversation that's been going on for months and oh yeah there's definitely it's not just one right like, we're this seeing little just moments like, she just like snapped one moment it's like well fuck it i'm ending it you know no, i mean the film even shows us it escalate you know what I mean? yes uh like they have that conversation in front of the boy when he's in the background and whatever. And like Vigo knows that he's losing her. Um, right. And that, he knows that he's lost her to the moment to the point where she's dangerous. Like she might be a danger to right. his son, which is probably why he's okay with letting her go because he's like, all right, I like you're going to hurt somebody. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 That makes so, sense. So, you know what? Like if this is what you want, then fine, go and I'll raise the boy, but I'm not going to let you hurt him. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't want the scene where the either. with the gun kind of I think speaks to that, like you're talking about yeah. when she has it out there and they're talking about it, and he like he kind of goes to reach for it, and she fucking snatches it and brings it, and she says, "Don't touch it," and like like pulls it in, like that's when they're the, I can't remember they're having an argument about something, and he's like 
he's like, okay, you know, you're clearly out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Like tries to get the gun and it just fucking, she's like, don't touch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough moment. It's it's, but it's, it's so powerful at the same time. It's just like, man. And this is where you have two heavy hitting actors that are just acting their ass off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I liked it. I did. And I do like this, like you said, the semblance of the, the, um, symbolism of the fire inside you it can mean yeah. a couple things obviously right. um but i take it more just like the will to survive and um a hope you know it's a semblance of hope in a sense uh we we keep it alive inside of us during the most worst moments in life you know to get us through um and the people that don't in this movie succumb to the worst you know um right. and the worst fear they say is cannibalism like that's the worst that we can turn is to ultimately turn to that and i can i can even understand that um, you run out of food. You have no food. Someone dies. You see them as food. Yeah. You eat them to survive, and then you you kind of just I don't know. You reason with yourself why you did it, and then next right, thing the you, you do gymnastics. it again, and then you do it again, and then it becomes easier. And then you so just we get the daughter party. Yeah, it's like yeah. fucked up, but it's like I could understand why people go there. They're not like gremlins or goblins. Like they they appear that way a little bit in the movie at some point. Once you've gone down this road, it definitely makes you into this sort of like feral. Yeah, it's like animalistic, like yeah, like to me it made me think of like uh, the animal kingdom a lot, right? Like, like I'm just sitting here thinking about it, and it's like when you think about you know other like uh, lions eating their young, you know what I mean? Like it's like we we just oh those those are just fucking animals, they're they're mindless animals, right? Like that's like like you just that's it's you you're almost reasoning almost right, but now the world has come to an end. And everything is gone. And it's like, well, yeah, that's literally what we're de- like. Society is gone. Now humanity is just deteared into these animals. Essentially. And that's what that's what the sun's scared about. Right. Like uh, right. we won't always be the will we always be the good guys, you know? Right. Right. Um, and that assures them that they will. But it's like a simple question. But I think it speaks like you said, on it speaks on the themes of the film. Uh, mm-hmm. a good bit actually it's like what are we capable of when it comes to true survival and the well-being of our loved ones but also like how do these actions affect who we are in the future and how do they mold us in this extreme environment like and can you wrestle with those issues uh, ethically you know in your mind the things that you have to do to survive to save your son if you yeah. have to kill a stranger I, we don't know what that stranger what his background is we don't we just know that at push come to shove i had to kill that man you know what i mean and that's and what does that I, do to you? Yeah, well, and so I think it's I think this is uh, the way that the movie is structured, and I'm I, I'm not sure how the book is structured. I I wonder I wonder if it's the same way. We start off with the worst of society, like the worst that the the world has to offer, the cannibals, right? And we see that. Then we meet the old man. Uh, we meet Eli, um, which is the. Uh, and he's the only character that has a name in the yeah. in, in the film, which I don't think that's obviously not a mistake. Right. I don't know. I don't know what the if that's in the book. If he's also named Eli in the book, or if this is something that they did for the film. And I might be reading something into this, and maybe I am, but I don't really care. I I feel like this movie does have a biblical allegory. Yeah, because the name Eli is not a mistake. That is, you know, and uh, we obviously have the Book of Eli too. That's that's another one, which is a obviously a very powerful film as well. But uh, my my Hebrew is a little rusty. But Eli 
is, you know, is a Hebrew word that means high or uh, elevated and usually is kind of a, it's used within like words that are uh, put together to form like a, a godly term, you know, using words to be words for God, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, so people are named Eli, which is, you know, like the L is usually uh, part of that name is used within a lot of like, you know, like El Shaddai, El Adonai. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there is something to that. And the old man, obviously, there, he were uh, the man is obviously very skeptical because he he is on edge. Yeah, he thinks they're robbers. He, yeah, yeah, he's he, yeah, he's he like them. Also, yeah. yeah, he is. He is also, you know, I think at that point, he's worried about his son and he's also he's skeptical of humanity. He is he's not wanting to be anything. But this is also he's a just film. traveling, trying to survive. That's yeah. right. But the son, I think, is also, hey, you have taught me the, these things. And his natural reaction is we have to help you. And this old man, this old man is not a threat. And the old man ends up being a good person. Yeah. And, and I love this moment, too, with him. You see, this, this is harmless. this is a film about helping your neighbor, you mm. know, loving your neighbor and trying, you know, doing the right thing. And obviously, uh, yeah, you can't do that to everybody. Obviously, we as we see, like, as we saw with the gang members, the cannibals from the, uh-huh. those were not good people. No. And so you see that we have that tension. You have to be capable of, of knowing who the good people are in the bad. Well, I'm right. curious what, what you guys, because I, this was my, when I watched it, this was what, this was my thought process, right? Because I, I in the moment, yes, you're right. He's not, he's not a threat or any of these things. Right. And it's not until later when they're sitting by the campfire and he talks about his own son, and him, him not being able to talk about it, dude. That moment, oof. when he so, Duval's acting in that moment was yeah. really when he goes gone, but he doesn't say. He just mouths the words and kind of waves out there like my son's gone. Like I'm not, yeah, kidding. yeah, yeah, dude. And it's like we don't know what happened to his son. Was See, it? And I was reading into it. I think that it, he was the cause of that situation. Maybe like he he you know what I mean? Like and that's what, why he can't talk about it. And that's why it, it's like this thing that it, it, it is so fucked up in him. Like he, you know, he he was starving and ate his kid or what you know, what whatever oh, that, whatever no, it may have been. Yeah. But so the the movie is saying like 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 really these are the only two true characters that we have in this film that are really trying to walk that good path, walk that, yeah. you know, really be that way. And you can and and I think this character is supposed to represent, show us something in the middle where it's like, like, hey, I'm not out here hunting people and and kind of like what uh, what we were referring to and talking about earlier. Right. Where it's like this guy just for whatever reason, he, you know, made the decision that he made or, it, you know, he was a this all hinges on the fact uh, well, if he had something to do with it. Right. Like this is just my thought. Process. I, I think I think maybe he just witnessed his son die uh, at, at sure. one point. He fucked up or couldn't protect his son the way Vigo is, you know, his son. And he's had to live with that as a survivor. He has survivor's guilt since then. You know what I mean? Well, and he also, so we don't, yeah, like I said, we don't know what happened to his son. Was it his fault? Was it by his hands? Was it before the event? Was it after that? We actually have no idea. Sure. Yeah. yeah, The way it plays out, it sounds like it's something that happened after the event. And that's what, yeah, that's 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 why you can't talk about it. That's what, you know, and maybe to blame is that, the man asked him, "Is like, have you ever contemplated suicide?" It's like, I don't, I don't have time for that luxury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like, 
which means he hasn't contemplated it like it's uh which is i think there's there's something to that where it's it's we don't i think that he is choosing to live maybe because like you know uh his son died maybe it's one of those things where his son died to protect his father yeah and like he feels so and so him committing suicide would be a would be an insult yeah true yeah totally yeah like that. we just I, don't I, know like and that's the thing about these characters is like they're they all have some kind of background but they we like in this world it's just like yeah you just don't know it's about your actions in this world and the right. actions of the boy is to you know they invite this man to dinner um that night and he says even when i looked at your boy i thought i was dead i thought i saw an angel yeah right I and then he, he realizes too because of the kindness of the boy in his in the boy's heart like this boy's like you know uh, like a god or like an angel, you know what I mean? Like right. amongst men, like look at the look Innocence. at society right now, and this kid still wants to like be nice to strangers. You know what I mean? Like what the fuck? But you yeah. have to keep that alive. You have to keep going. Any kind of, I think that's like a message to Vigo. Like don't be like me. You know what I mean? Like I lost my son, but like right. you can still do something. You still have your your boy. And there's that moment where Vigo does get protective too, because they're like he's looking at the boy. You know when he starts. Anytime someone mentions the boy. Right, he's he on it. Gets defensive, but you know he yeah. realizes the old man is not a threat. There's um, I just want to make a quick aside about Robert Duvall because well, one, he's one of the great actors of all time. He's incredible uh, in this role, dude. Now. He's still Such a work- small moment. He's right. in his nineties. He's still working today. He has a movie that's going to be coming out like next year. It's like what dude, the fuck. You- Oh, uh, dude. dude, I love that. What does he What does he say when they're walking around with the car and he's like, "How old are you?" And he's like, "Ninety." Yeah, like fuck. Yeah, all right. Mean, nah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, does that work? He's like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. keep saying it. <laughs> yeah. so he now. So when he was filming that, he was in his eighties. He is yeah, now. Yeah. He is ninety-two right now. Right, right. Yeah, dude, dude his shoes or whatever the cardboard shoes. Yeah, man. with the bags wrapped. Yeah. Killer, bro. Jesus Christ. But and it man, made me think in that situation. I feel like that. Like that would be my top priority. Like I just shoes. I, I just feel like you, the rest of you, de- like, I got to make sure my feet, my Dude, toes. Dude, that plays out clean. in this film. When, 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 uh, when Chalky White shows up. Yep. Oh, yeah. The cart. <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> when he comes um and steals the cart later on and he makes him strip naked, he's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to strip naked, but fine, I'll strip naked. He keeps his shoes on. Right. And then you see his face when he says, no, give me the shoes, too. He's like, dude, are you really going to take my fucking shoes? Like, that's yeah. all. I, you're going to make me walk around with no shoes because that'll kill you. Once that goes, I mean, the I feel like just the you rest of your hygiene shoes. is just going to be fucked. Like if, you're going to be walking you just, barefoot. Yeah. Dude. Cut up infection. You're dead. Ah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's like the basis to like a proper setup. Exactly. Yeah. Boots, just. Bro. Just let me keep my feet solid, bit, huh? you know, and keep your dry. And it's important. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some a couple moments we've jumped around here, though. I kind of want to touch on the uh, state they find when they enter um, the cannibals. It's they enter kind of recklessly earlier on in that estate that they come up to. Uh, they go through the window, and it just looks it looks like it's recently occupied. Yo, yeah, 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 yes, vacant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the kid yells out, "Papa!" when he sees all the shoes collected in that one room. And I yep. just like that's that's sign number one right there. Like, yep, that is not OK. And the kid needs to learn to fucking whisper also like, Papa, yeah, yeah. you can't just be screaming like, bro, we this just is like, come on. It's what, like video game one oh one. Just like you got to keep comms low. You know what I mean? That's right. Do you think that this was the same gang that they encountered 
earlier in the film a fraction of it or just a similar type of gang uh it it's played because there's another gang later on too that we see that seems like this uh, other cannibal so it's just like seems like more and more people are succumbing to cannibalism yeah that's anything i don't think they're necessarily getting the same newsletter you know what i mean but they're (laughs) they're definitely in you know they're in the same grouping of people that have succumbed to the worst the cannibal times yeah and like in this moment in the in this house like they're clearly in the wolves den but they don't realize it yet Dude, it's which again just makes me think like animalistic. You know what I mean? Like you think about like like shit getting caught in spider webs and fly like yeah, that's what they're in right now. I thought they were in a trap for a moment. Dude, when they go to that bathroom and like all the fucking blood and the sink and like the well, they go down into the the cellar. They find the trap door into the cellar. Which you know, obviously you're gonna think like, oh shit, there might be provisions down there. You're not thinking dungeon. Yep. No. Well, you know, normally, like in a regular movie, this would be a sex dungeon, but this is a this is a, a no, this is a moment, and what? there's moments of terror throughout the house that, yeah. if you're paying attention to, there's the shoes outside. There's like mechanisms that look like they're meant for something, and the hooks possibly for like meat, yep. like meat bleeding hooks. shit out, like somebody, yeah, yeah, exactly. They had those like barbecue yeah. with like the extra like like they were trying to mm-hmm. burn barbecue. And we like, don't focus on them enough, so it's like. The kid sees him for a moment. Dad's too busy trying to get downstairs, get a tool. Well, and it looks downstairs. like there's shit hanging off of it, right? Like I wasn't. Yeah, I think there was like blood all, either on the hooks or there was under like them or pieces something. of meat too on it. I yeah, see, like yeah, I didn't see any meat. I just saw like it looked like you could tell, you could infer what it's there for. But definitely, it did look dingy. That's for sure. I think like there were food stores there. It was just people. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's at least like a dozen people downstairs. Dude, it's a lot of people. <laughs> In in and like and they're in different states of disarray where they've been picked at and diced up like cattle and like one's missing a foot, one's missing his hand, a fucking whole leg. Yeah, and like they've just been like picked at for food for who yeah. knows this how is, long. This is the one moment of the film where it does feel like there's monsters. Fuck yeah. Well, like who are the monsters? Because these people seem like they might have gone insane. The, the yeah, monsters are, are the cannibals, but like yeah. this is but this these is seem like, like monsters. They're like ghouls down there in that yeah. Dungeon. Yeah. They probably haven't seen sunlight for that, and they would no. probably eat that kid in order to survive, like right now. Yeah. <laughs> just, they would eat somebody too, probably. Shit. Yeah. It just seemed like a cage of fucking like rats, dude. You know what I yeah, mean? Bro, like it was with the like... light on. And then it, it like they just like scurrying, you know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, well, because it's weird because you get some of them that are like, save us, right? They're like, like, uh, there's the one guy that chases them down and it's like, mm-hmm. help us, help us. And like, oh, fuck, dude, I just because they, they end up, uh, it, it this felt like, uh, this felt like a moment in like The Walking Dead, right? Where there's a moment like kind of similar, like where they walk into this house and a, and a robot, another gang comes in, it's like, fuck, we gotta hide. Well, they're trying, you know, it's kind of similar to the road a little bit uh, here. And uh, uh, Rick, who's the main character in The Walking Dead, at least the majority of the series, he uh, he kind of releases some zombies to fucking attack these. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. So I think escape. this was the Terminus uh, scene or whatever. But uh, anyway. no, no, this is this is after that. This is after that. Oh, okay. this, is, this is a little bit later. But yeah. But anyways. This is kind of a, a similar thing like, because uh, the man breaks open that lock and it doesn't like reattach, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so the people that are down in the basement end up breaking out. I know. And they start attacking all those guys and like, there's a chaos that ensues. Yeah, so it's enough of a distraction escape. for Vigo. And we don't really know that. what happens. I mean, I don't know how weak those people are. 
or if no, they we know are, what happens. I mean, do they eat those people? Do of course, they, they're eating those people. Well, I mean, are they? Are you're the, talking about the the? I think the people that got out. I think they I, got put back down or killed. Yeah, they, I think they just got fucking herded up. And, that's what, yeah, that's because what then the cannibals come out. back out looking for them, right? Yeah, because later Cause on they know they that the door was open, search, right? And then they stay the night in the woods outside the house, and you can hear them beating somebody or doing something to somebody. Yeah, throughout the house, that's the same house. He because he knew like he couldn't get up and run because they're looking for him. So he had to. They just stayed there for the night and slept. Dude, that has to be fucking terrifying. Yeah, he like wrapped his boy up, and they just caught some Z's, like you know, just like you would in 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 wartime, like in your tr- in the trenches, kind of. I, I I have listened to some stories about like snipers having to go through that shit. Yeah. Like they're going through these like high reeds, like and they they can barely fucking move. And there's if because people are after like the assassination of like said you know some high official or whatever. And they have to like back out. They have to back out super slowly, or they have to kind of do what uh, the man does here, where it's just like you just have to fucking sit there and hope that they don't fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, but that scene's definitely super intense, and it's definitely a lens to that horror sort of vibe. Yeah. And there's that moment upstairs where Vigo's about to kill his son again because yep. he doesn't see it out. There, the house is surrounded now. It's filled with these people. These people don't realize they're there yet, but at right. any moment now, they're going to come upstairs and they're going to eat us. No, this is cannibals. They are cannibals. Oh yeah, yeah. it's we saw. Well, we saw the fucking like you know the dungeon. Know, We've already seen the dungeon at this point. Obviously, yeah, we've seen cannibals. the fucking people yeah. that are missing limbs, the barbecues, yeah. the meat hooks. There's no doubt like about it. They're in a fucking cannibal. They're, they're eating them, motherfuckers. Yeah. But um, yeah, and they, so they they do get the fuck out of there. Luckily. Yeah. throughout the night and that was like just a near miss and it's just like these little moments that the film has where we just kind of jump around to these little interactions i can see people it being a critique too of like the movie never focuses anywhere but that's sort of the point like we're just it's this journey he's taking and we yeah. come across people like the old man or the thief you know what i mean or yeah there's these character types that sort of play out the enemy you know the raiders you know so i think that do- the film does a decent job of introducing like these little side tangents that they get into these little uh little adventures or whatever if, if you'd call them that that's why I, I i can see how the the last of us was inspired by this like oh we'll have moments where you get into this and then we do this and yeah it definitely yeah. set that that tone for that that video game and this house is just like a death trap i kind of love this moment in this house it's very like nostalgic. You said, this is that like uh this is where i was expecting that book of eli yeah moment you know yeah, I was like, oh, it's shit. Similar. This is like, this house is like very Texas Chainsaw. Massive. Yes, yes. That's a very good description of it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. But the, uh, there's that moment. Like, huh? That, that it's like, you had the one guy who was like, why is the window? I was like, don't you smell this shit in yeah. here? The other guy doesn't smell it at all. <laughs> uh, so then they get back on the road and they, like, th- this is the moment after where they, they do come across his, his uh, old house mm-hmm. for a moment there. And then there's a moment where they're scavenging later. <laughs> the dad uh the dad finds a dead body and like grabs like the outside blanket of it <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And, and like shakes that motherfucker off and gives his son like decomposing body blanket like here you go this will keep you warm dude that's <laughs> kind of like, 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 blanket <laughs> yeah it's like here you go that's what i made me think about is that bef- is that before or after the uh oh, the son the fucking, gets sick the flare the flare gun kill that's uh no, that's no, no, before. That, this is before that okay that flare gun kill, we definitely got to talk about that. that so they still, so okay, but it still seems to me like I was like I was telling you guys earlier, where it's kind of like 
the story of him kind of slowly losing that good guy that like like he's kind of starting to me this was like yeah. kind of the beginning of that that exact scene where because he even tells the kid afterwards after he fucking wraps him in and he's like up oh, nothing you ain't fucking seen before yeah you know exactly. what i mean he's looking down like he's he's losing everything about the old world and he's starting to just like he's kind of he's, he's gonna like, lose that he's gonna lose the he's light, starting the to fire. he's starting to lose exactly, the fire yes. he's starting yeah. to devolve exactly yeah. and because he knows you know you could see him touching his chest a lot in the movie like he's having trouble breathing he's coughing yeah. his cough's getting worse yeah. he had that cigarette in the bunker and his cough started kicking off a lot there um and there's a moment here where he finds the piano and he kind of kneels beside it and he has a moment he breaks down here yeah because it reminds him of him and his wife of course before they had their son when they used to play together and she used to teach him how to play and i just yeah. think like these this there's this like this is the moment where i'm like man that like the baggage that this man must be carrying like it's tremendous and the, the things that he has to endure to he just manages to still push ahead he knows he's dying he knows this he's gonna die and leave his son behind his wife's gone he could have killed himself a way long time like what is he pushing for what kind of life is he even giving his son yeah you know what i mean but he's still doing it because it feels like the right thing to do like you yeah. like you said earlier that the word of god in a sense you know yeah god's word yeah dude i i, I couldn't imagine that that thought and and like it's it just speaks to the character too where you say like he sees something that reminds him of his wife and it just like it's a it's a wild thought dude, to think yeah. of like at, at one point there could be a time where you you have something that just could just absolutely ruin you. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. go through this event and then to be reminded of that is just, yeah. like, and it's, it is tough actually. And that's how your memory works funny like that too. Cause there's that moment where the son says like, I miss mom. I wish I was with her. And he's like, what do you yeah. mean dead? And yeah. he's like, yeah. And like, so the son's obviously thought about it too. And that's when this, you know, the dad even says like, Oh, we both need to stop thinking about her so much, you know, both of yeah. us. And yeah. like, well, how do you do that? And he's like, well, we got to the next day. What does he do? He gets rid of his wallet with pictures and his wedding ring. Yeah. And pushes it over the bridge. But then he finds that hair clip in his son's stuff later. Yeah. And he has a moment with that. And I yeah. love that scene, too, because it's in the bunker. Yeah. The first night that they're there. And they find the bunker right around this time anyway, outside the house with the piano. And uh, his son, like, wakes him up. And he's like, hey, man, don't touch my shit. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, don't touch my stuff. Yeah, because like, he, he like yeah. comes to, he's like, what? He's like, he's like, hey, don't, don't touch, touch my, my stuff, stuff man. <laughs> like, he has it like the way he has up. it all like lined up out there. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that shit. What that was. The hair clip was from mom, and he smelt it. You know, I wonder. I wonder if it smelled like her hair still. Probably not. Yeah, but right? it's you know, it just it just shows you that like um like I yeah it's just, it was it was a cool moment for sure because it's you a get tender that, moment. Yeah, I like, feel like because yeah, and his that's the moment that opens up the flashback yeah what, like right right flashback. yeah that's yeah, he wakes him up from that positive yeah yeah yep. Yep. yep yeah yep of what it was like before and it seemed like they had a nice uh relationship you yeah know? absolutely it seemed like there was definitely something there and it's a shame to see the divide that kind of grew right because of the situation but they pig out down there i love that yeah i did of them oh, having like wild. the kids never had any of this stuff before there's probably like 20 years worth of dude there's like there's cheetos dude stew, cheetos is cigarettes Fuck somebody yeah. was prepping some jack yeah. daniels i think the prepper ba whoever died upstairs was basically either lost the will to push on even though they had prepared to and or or they just died naturally or something because it didn't look like violence it looked like they were just dead in bed yeah looked like a uh y2k bunker dude. yeah and the, the house was hooked up to a generator too i think through the bunker right because they could turn on the hot water through the bunker 
and then go in the yeah. house and take showers, right? No, I thought, he took, I thought he bucket. boiled the water. I thought I oh, is that what it was? Because they turned the they turn the power on and it like it it kicks on and everything lights up. Oh, and then, then it, it like immediately goes out. Yeah, that's so right. So I I think what it was I think it was like so they got a glimpse of it, you know. So we get to see everything that's in there. It's like oh shit, jackpot. But oh, I so think he that's just boiled why... the water and then they use the tub upstairs to gotcha. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes yeah, that makes more sense. But man, I was like in the bunker. I was like just fucking stay there, bro. Yeah, for like sure. You have the house. You could you could board up that house, make it nicer, and then you have the bunker to go to too, as a storage area or a last minute panic room kind of deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. but at the same time, like he just knows that like it's the the weather's getting worse and the land. Yeah, you're worse, you're still just coming. prolonging the same situation. Yeah, like, he's gonna have to move at some point with the kid anyway to right. the sea. Is that that's the ultimate plan? I guess I don't know really how that fixes things either, but I guess. But I do. I don't know, man. This I do like the moment of reprieve that they get in the bunker too. For sure, it's a great moment because you start to one. We need a breather. Yeah. as the audience. Yes, and we and they get do as little, characters too. Yeah, yeah it's a good char- character building moment. We get the we get like a little bit of like some happiness in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get to clean up, yeah. cut their hair, and trim them themselves, and have real food. Yeah, dude, you and a father son like moment. You know, you get some dignity for these characters. You do. You get to see it back in Vigo, too. And he gets to give it to his son. Yeah. They don't have to live like homeless people for a little while. Dude, it it just made me think of like the best, like that feeling when you've like really needed a shower. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. Like a hard day. Dirty, grimy. Work or camping or at the beach all day. Did you see how much fucking dirt came off that little kid? Yeah, that scene they show. It literally is like fucking just. Dude granules of dirt it was dirt all over the place that had to be Here's such a fucking, fucking good feeling though dude just yeah like, the balls had to feel gro- like that just oh, speaking happened. of balls there's a moment or later on or earlier i don't remember because t- there's oh, a couple yeah. times when they go swimming yeah, yeah Vigo, we see vigo's ass and we get to see his balls when they <laughs> yeah, go the dog, whole sack whole sack whole sack back back a sack ass dude looks like mr burns when he's naked and taking yeah. a bath <laughs> then vigo, back vigo shots, does not man. have an ass i'll just say well, that he, well he's supposed to be emaciated at this point which he does like physically play that part you know I will, like, so you know he I, I, don't know, that? I don't know if he's a method actor in a lot of ways but i know he did really commit himself to this role yeah and yeah he did kind of Put himself on a, a different type of diet to because there's that scene in the mirror. Where he's like, "Papa, come here!" And you think he found something, and he's just like, yeah. "We're so skinny." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah we are. But uh, yeah, he like I was watching some interviews with Vigo talking about what he talking about the film and like what what he thought about it. And dude, he had that book, the the book, the road, and he had like there were so many fucking posted notes in that thing. He nails his character. Dude, yeah. he like I mean the 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 book was dog-eared and like all sorts of this shit. Is one of my favorite roles of his actually. And every interview he's in talking about this film, I mean, he has that book in hand. Like he really committed himself to this role. And <laughs> he's a great actor, don't get me wrong. I'm just but like man, this really if you're looking for something outside of Lord of the Rings that he's done, I think this is the role, man. Like Yeah, I mean, really this is an amazing role in my opinion of his. Yeah. I think he's a great actor. Uh, there's a couple other movies that we have down the line with him 
that I have on the docket. Oh, so. sweet. I'm looking forward to it. It all we go. Dude, I could you imagine being a method actor and be like the main character in a fucking Lord of the Rings? Just have to be the fucking the return of the king for fucking twelve years, dude. Yeah, Just, having to eat eleven so, I mean, meals yeah. and second yes. breakfast all the time. I mean, Stay we'll, locked we'll, in is like speaking old English to everyone <laughs> and shit. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit of a little bit of an aside, like you know, what some of the roles that he's been in. Obviously, we all know him from Lord of the Rings. But he's been in like Carlito's Way. Yeah, he uh, oh, he's the dirtbag with a fucking wire. Right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I forgot about <laughs> that. He's, yeah, he's in the Green Book. Uh, I've never seen that. You've yeah, never I seen heard... Green Book? Nah. Oh, throw it on the list. oh, John, throw it on your yeah, list. That's on the list. Yeah, I dude, it. I haven't seen it either, but I know yeah, he's yeah, in it. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, but Heidegger will know him from maybe some of his Cronenberg uh, uh, collaborations. Yeah, yeah, with... that's I do. Uh, like history, a history of violence. Uh huh. Eastern promises. Uh, Eastern promises. Those are both on my dangerous list. Method. Huh? And a dangerous method. Yeah, he's also in uh, Crimes of the Future. Oh, I haven't. I haven't seen any. Yeah, of he's those. the lead in that. So yeah, he like my Cronenberg uh, likes our boy Vigo here, and for good reason. He's a great yeah, actor. He has a. Like, I was looking into because he has such an odd accent. So I was looking into that too, where he. So his. I think his mom is American. His dad is uh, Danish, and he grew up in like Norway for a little bit. So he I has was gonna say of... he probably traveled and never nailed down one accent. So it's yeah, because I was like, is he like a foreigner? Like, but no, he he's he's an American, but is he also it? has. A, I think he's also Danish. He has a Danish. He always had like European like a look to him. Like I always that's thought he was always European. Thought, yeah. and that's why he was so perfect for Lord of the Rings. It just mm-hmm. he fucking nailed it. And but he's just such a cool actor. He's such, he's an oddball. A little yeah. bit. Like he's in these major projects, and then he does these like little oddball things. He does good character work for sure. Yeah. So there's the the they're still in the bunker, and the top side they hear people possibly or a dog, which you don't really think anything of. You think like, oh, it could just be other survivors, but it definitely bugs out Dad, and he doesn't want to stay anymore. So like he loads the cart next day they load it full of supplies and they book it out of there well but i think was, he thought it was like a hunting party right possibly, I, that's what i'm thinking i thought it was yeah. like oh there's a dog looking but for when we when we well, when we have the is, full this... picture it probably is that family with the dog because they've so, been yeah. they're following so, them but but this comes after them escaping that house yeah yeah so he's thinking that they are following them mm-hmm. that's yeah. why he's like we got to get the, fuck, get the out fuck out of here. Like it's only a matter of time before they stumble upon the door and find us in our sleep or something. And someone comes and takes the shit. So let's take what we have good here and let's move on. And, but the reality of the situation is we're going to find that out later in the film is that they're uh, back when they were kind of, when the man is having that moment of remembering his childhood, he, oh, yeah, yeah. there was, there oh, was, that's right. There's a boy that we see. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We see a little boy. And we're not sure if that's like, you know, some sort of hallucination. Yeah, it's played that way. He did look and, like an older boy, too, huh? Like a little bit older. Yeah. And so and it is the boy that we see at the end, too. It's yeah. the same boy. Right. So it turns out that, like, there's a family that has been following these two. I think it's like they saw the boy with a man and they the mom was probably like, we need to make sure that that boy's OK. Is that his dad? Who is that? You know, why is this boy with this man? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think being that these people, we find out later that they also carry the light, you know, the fire in a sense, even though they don't know what that means, you know, but they do. They they are nice people that are looking out for one another and other people that they come across. And that's why they see this boy and they 
you think about it. You're trying to survive with your family and your dog and whatever. And then you take time to and risk to look after this kid that you just happen to maybe see down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they follow him the whole time, but they stay back because they don't want an altercation with the dad. They probably. When do you think they started following? Him? I don't know. That's interesting. I definitely before this part or at it... this at this part in particular, uh, when they visit the house, maybe this is where they see them. Well, yeah. Well, I'm thinking because now, I mean, that's a really good point you just brought up at the bunker. Like it, it what they because they're at the bunker they, too. Possibly, we don't know that it's them, but there's a good chance it is. If they heard a dog and possibly people exactly, that's what I'm saying. At the bunker, because they clear the the movie really mentions the word dog. Like they make you think dog. Yeah, because the son says, "No, I hear a dog." Right. It's like it's a it's a a point is being made that it's an animal. You know what I mean? He's like, mm-hmm. "No, it's what people are with." So yeah. So dude, it's got to be at at least from that, right? Yeah, that might so be them. If like, not sooner, I mean, and I wonder it, if those it, people it, fell upon the the bunker themselves too. And at the very like least, it's they were following them from the man's neighborhood, from, uh, his the, his childhood neighborhood. Yeah. At the least, no, that's correct. The, yeah. At that's the least, physically seeing them. Right, right. At, that we know of, but right. Who knows before that? I doubt that they were hiding out with the cannibals too. You know what I mean? Like, right? right I don't who knows? No, no, no. I mean, who knows when? At some point, they got intrigued about this boy and his well-being enough to look after him and and slowly follow, um, you know, the the man and his boy. It's funny that there seems to be like a theme, like a paranoia of of following. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's mentioned like Mm -hmm. uh, like when we think about Eli, when they come across Eli and he fucking tells him, he's like, why are you following me? And he's like, we're not fucking following you. And then later on, um, you know, they think they're being followed. Yeah, and then we have the scene where he the the flare gun kill scene. Well, when that happens, the lady also says, "You you were following us." That and yeah, bro- that was literally just a random occurrence. The and so there's like all these like like it's like there's just there's I don't I don't know. Yeah. It's a, there's something there. I'm not smart enough to fucking put it together. I, but there's something about like the the like I like I said like it it just seems so like people are caught. Everyone is like we're being followed. We're Everybody's being followed. on edge yeah. in this world. Everyone's so. on edge. So here, so before the before the flare gun scene, we have our we meet Michael K. Williams's character, the thief. Yeah, we get the beach scene. Uh, who you know, people will remember him. Uh, you know, uh, rest in peace. You know, pour one out for uh, Michael K. Williams. But you know, a lot of people remember him from The Wire. Uh, they'll remember him from uh, Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. Empire yeah. Boardwalk Empire, baby. But uh, you know, he's been in a whole bunch of shit. He's he's kind of like he's another character actor. He's been in a whole bunch. He's of great. R.I.P. Omar, dude. Yeah, yeah. but Omar. Uh, Omar is an amazing character. Fuck yeah, great. he is. <laughs> like um, one of the best characters I've ever. Omar's coming. Yeah, yes. it's like Debo. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> dude. Yeah, it's actually that's a good point. It's like Debo. Yeah, he's like Debo. Uh, the uh, but you know he. They, uh, the boy and the man, the the boy and the man make it to the sea. The boy falls asleep while the man is going. Well, they make off. it to part of the sea. It's like off the coast, but it's not the the area that they're they're actually trying to get to. So it's well, like they like made that it close. ship, and maybe there's some yeah. supplies out there. That's that towards we, the end of the movie, is smart. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah this ha- this all happens towards the end of the movie, and so the man is going off to the, the to the uh us. Uh, Semi sunken, butt ass naked again. By the yep, way, yep, skinny dipping, more skinny Vigo ball sack, more yeah, yeah, Jesus. And the boy Nothing falls wrong with asleep. that. Yeah, the boy boy falls asleep with the gun, and we see as as the man swims off to this beached uh, ship, someone's peering over a dune, and then approaches the camp with a knife, 
Yeah, but it looks like just a slasher. Takes, yeah, it does mm-hmm. look like a slasher. It is like a POV shot of a slasher yeah, kind of. Right. Yeah, it's played like a slasher. It's a good, good, uh, good point, John. But yeah, and he just takes everything. What were you gonna say, Rob? I was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But he just takes like everything. But we do the fact that he's the thief is because we see when later on when he puts his hands up, he's missing his thumbs. Like he's been right. someone punished him. Right. He's just trying to survive. Being a thief, like he's he's robbed before. He's not a killer. But essentially, he will leave you by stealing from them and leaving them in the state. He is killing them. He's leaving them to the like their fate, which is nothing. Feels like that's, the some, great that's some pretty deep shit that to think about too. Like, cause it, like you say, like he's it's it's shot like a horror film, like a like he's about to run up and just slaughter this kid with the fucking butcher knife. Yeah, but right? he's supposed to take his shit. But at the end, he just he just you know that's to that's a defense mechanism. Almost. This is how this guy survives. He steals. Yeah, and instead stuff, he's just he's you know? he's just a fucking weasel. He's just a yep. rat in the night trying to take mm-hmm. everything to fucking survive. Like he's not, not a great survivalist. He's you know, not he the penultimate. Charlie, it's yeah, yeah, obviously he got caught somewhere and they took his thumbs. Maybe a, right. maybe a settlement somewhere or whatever. He got caught stealing and this is the punishment. They cut his thumbs off. Yeah, because it clearly um, couldn't have been cannibals because they wouldn't nah, have fucking stopped at the they just, and Maybe he went a little cannibal himself one day and he chewed on, just yeah. on the thumbs. I'll just start at hey, the thumbs. Oh, you know, you know that's a good just, point too. Just maybe a little sample. I took it as in because there are cultures that chop hands off and stuff for thieves. So I took yeah, it yeah, as in, like sure. you were That's maimed. Also true too. You were maimed as a sign of like you're a thief. In yeah, this I place. yeah, I, I think that I think that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And there's moments like too, like these themes, like there's a moment later on that we mentioned with the earlier on with the old man too. Like when they're camping, and there's a moment when the boy falls asleep and the the two adults have this like philosophical conversation amidst yeah. this apocalypse. And it's just right this interesting moment of like, yeah, they're still human beings. Like there's still something inside all of us, even this thief, you know, there's something that drives everybody. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Like you're talking. It's a perfect example of like, like I said, it's just, that is the one thing that is preventing, like that is the one kind of filter that is not just so that it's just raw animal fucking. It's that, that's what we have. Right. That's why we live in houses and, you know, like it's like, you know, we don't run around just killing and eating people. And it's like because of uh, of that, like we just like the old man I mean? even speaks on it. He says, whoever made humanity will find no humanity here. No, sir. No, sir. Yeah, so exactly. Like speaking Perfect. on God turning his back on us. And because of that, when if God does turn, you know, come back to us, the us that he's going to come back to since he turned his back on us is our the most horrible self. You know what I mean? Right. Humanity is going to be gone from society at that point at least right. that's how the old man sees it because look at the world that he's walking in almost like your truest like your boy. truest self kind of yeah what you would allow your truest self to be you know right. your baser right. instinct exactly uh, like you said your animal instinct almost uh and even like there's moments like when they have to send the old man on his way like what do they do Do they take him in like he, vigo even says to the son like i know you're gonna say we can't keep him yep you know um and so like he even talks his dad into because they leave they leave the thief. The dad strips him of his clothes, of his boots, his dignity and everything and leaves him naked, but alive. And they take the cart and get out of there. Now, Vigo at this point is like he knows he's going to die soon. Like he could tell. We've seen several moments in the film now where his cough is getting worse and worse. Right. And we're seeing blood now. So, you know, he's obviously can't see a doctor. You know, there's nothing that can be done. So. He just needs help with the cart now. The son doesn't even want to help because he's mad about them leaving this guy behind. And he ends up appealing to his father's, uh, you know, good self to go back 
and at least leave this man with his clothes and a can of food. But they can't find him. And then after that is when we get the the um, flare gun moment because they're still arguing so, over this. Right. And I, this is where I thought that it was the thief and like this woman that attacks. Yeah. Uh, the man and his son with I, the, what, the. What totally happens here is basically I think these two people are in this building and that's where they are surviving. They hear noise. They look outside the window and they see this guy and this kid. And they arguing. think of a threat like they're like, oh, shit, these there's raiders out there like they're looking at Vigo's character the same way he's looking at them. And it's more of just like, oh, I'm going to fire on you first. And they do. They're not great at it. They right. missed the first shot. And then Vigo and then they get him again in the leg. But I think it's more of just like a random encounter. Like it was a misunderstanding. almost. Oh, for sure. That's what yeah. it is. But like she even tells him, like, you were following us. Yeah. Like she tells him that, you know what I mean? Like. Cause he, cause he asked, right? He's like, what? I think he says something like, what, what were you, what were you attacking us for? Some shit like that. And she's like, you were following us. And it's like, no, they, they definitely weren't. You know what I mean? Like we know that because we're watching from this point of the, like from this point of view of the story, but it's like, it's just, I do weird. like how that scene plays out though. He's like rolls out, he gets hit and then he rolls out behind yeah. cover, pulls out the flare gun and they're going to take another shot. And he just like oh. right through the window, like PUBG or some shit. Yeah, dude. And you and just he hear just the lady screaming like, like ah! he's kind of lost it at this point, right? Like he's like he's just like wild and like that whole scene of him like kind of storming the house and he's got yeah, the, arrow the arrow out of his still. leg and yeah. he's just like nah, like just kind of like, like he's only oh. got the one bullet left at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the dad's like and the son's like papa no, you know, but he's oh, like right, no, right. I have to go confirm the kill. Like I got to go in there like and put this other one down too cuz it sounds like there's two people. Yeah. And he does. He he doesn't even just go through the front door. He goes up the fucking the uh, the railing or whatever the fire escape and goes right through the window yeah. with that arrow still sticking out. Yeah, yeah, that's hardcore. That thing must have been rubbing up against the railing and stuff, and the oh, window right. still like that would have been painful as fuck. But yeah, he rolls in there and he goes in like Rainbow Six. He just <laughs> goes around the corner, comes in and corners. This poor lady's just mourning her husband or whoever this yeah. guy is. Uh, yeah, I I was expecting to see the thief there, but that's yeah. not what it was at all. These are just that's... random people. They're not yeah, monsters just... necessarily. So we don't know what happens to the thief. He, he died. Just, in the he, he probably walked on in another direction and he, he probably died. Or maybe yeah, he either found, found someone else to steal from or fucking died. You know, that's yeah. just really he didn't wait hard. around. That's for sure. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, that's how timing is, too. Sometimes you just ships in the night, you know, shit happens. Yeah. Timing's off. But uh. Yeah, Vigo goes in there, and this lady's like, "This dude's like smoldering." That fucking flare hit him dead, yeah. in dead in the dead chest. On. It was a great shot. Yeah, that's what makes me think Vigo like had some kind of training or something, combat training of some sort. Something, bro. Yeah, My yeah, man yeah. did a roll, a tuck, and then he fucking fired. He confirmed the kill, like stormed the house, dude. <laughs> yeah, he was like John Wick in that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, but no, uh, it's a cool scene because it's like, like I said, it's a moment of violence, and it's played realistically. It could yeah. have been. It could have like it didn't even need to happen. It was kind of unnecessary, you know, but like you said, it's just miscommunication in a world where we're all on edge. You know, I don't know what that next guy next to me is intending. So I'm going to kill him. Protect mine. Um, Yeah, I just I just love the set pieces, too, in this film. Like there's that moment. They just that moment in that in the street right there. That moment is awesome in the, the apartment that they he shoots the flare into. It's just a cool I don't know. They do good set dressing. The church, yeah. the like bombed out looking church that they sleep in earlier on or later on. I forgot what timing we're in right now in the film. Um, that 
that church is awesome. There's like sunlight coming through the broken windows and we see some of the mural murals still on the ceiling. Yeah. And this is where we see like he's pretty much the man is at his end because he is like really he's really coughing up blood at this point. Like, yeah, he can't pull the card anymore. Not on the sand. That'd be too, too difficult. And he dies. Yeah. Uh, they make I'm, it. They make it to the beach. They make it to the beach. And yeah, Vigo just he just can't go on any further. And oh, yeah, that's where we have the moment where he says he doesn't need to worry, blah, blah, blah. And then the son says, no, I do worry. Right. right. Like, that's where he says he knows. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, yeah, it's because it's because he's we've seen the son hear his dad wake up in the mornings and he's coughing mm-hmm. and he knows that he's not right. You know, and I think like this is like I was talking about, like, you know, el- like elder care also kind of that. Like, I don't know. He just. I kind of got that vibe from this this story where it's like, yeah, you know, you you just happen to take care of your parent, like you know that we we see this whole film of him like I'm my kid, my kid, my kid, but it, it's almost kind of reciprocated from him, mm-hmm. the child, where it's just like I need to take care of you, like it's yeah, it's that, and I'm a it's, child still. It's a heavy, it's a he- it's a heavy theme, you know, and it's just like like it's definitely this is a this is a movie that I think can hit you pretty hard emotionally if you you know at, at at times where it's just it, you feel you you definitely feel it and it's uh, I think so. This so like, this scene in particular is just yeah it's a uh, it's it's tough to it's tough. Yeah, he sees the beach uh and he thinks of his wife and I think it's a great moment too. It, it, it's before the son was born and he's kind of just like peering over his wife sleeping in the car. Yeah. That you hear the sound of the beach they're parked at the beach at a you know a better time in their lives and uh he says if i were god i would have made the world just so and no different and so i have you i have you and then the next shot is basically like papa's dying you know Um, yeah he's gone yeah he can't speak to he you know he speaks to his son on how to survive he tells his son a couple last minute things and they lie together um oh and he says that i thought you were going to take me with you you know and yeah and he says i thought i could but I can't yeah. like I guess their plan was like, I'll, I'll kill you and, and myself when we run out of, you know, options. But he can't he can't just kill his son. He has to give his son hope and the chance to do something, even if that right. world that he lives in is is bleak as fuck. Yeah. It's better than just killing him. And the man has to come to grips with that. And he says, I think his son says, can I can I do anything? And he says, you could take my hand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the boy gets angry that his father has to leave him. And his father apologizes, which I thought was, you know, really tough. And they sleep the night together and the man dies during the night, we see. And the boy wakes up to it the next day. And I'll be fucking super honest. I cried tears for my father during this moment. Like, I don't of know course. how you don't if you lost yeah. someone and you watch this. Dude, yeah, this of course. Regardless if it's a father figure or not, like, just right. period. It's, uh, it, yeah. Like you said, it's. It, I think it. It just is captured so well because we follow this story this whole time of this fierce understanding of this is my everything, this is my all, and I will give my fucking life to do it. And you, you, you see the instances, you see these situations, and it all kind of comes to a head when now you're here, and it's like he's he's gone, and now that the moment that the moment that he has been training and waiting for this whole it's here, it's it's here. Yeah, unfortunately, it's here. Yeah. And, and it almost gone. seems like the vibe. It's wild too because I, like the camera shots are all look like it's. It's almost like we've now Vigo's point of view is gone. And yeah, because we're on the it, suns now. That's and interesting. I, and it and it seems like like I I definitely got that from the shots. Is it's like 
you, you almost kind of feel the character gone off of the screen. Like it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, no, it almost... that would make sense. You're thinking like camera, camera angles and stuff right, kind of right, change right. to prevail. Well, yeah, like... the camera angles do change. That's interesting. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So our, cause we're getting now a POV more of, you know, our new antagonist. I mean, the right. protagonist, the, the son who's a, you know, kid. And then he's approached by a man on the beach. Not too long after a guy with a gun and it's Guy Pierce. And I remember he was in this cast and I'm like, God damn, when the fuck is this dude going to show up already? Like yeah. he's right, cast yeah. as- what does he cast as like soldier or something like that? Or? Veteran. Veteran. Yeah. So he has like a military background. Um, and yeah, he approaches the kid. The boy aims at him and the man never like he never aims his gun at the kid. He has his nope. gun, but he approaches the kid very like slowly. And he basically complains about like, I just don't want you pointing the gun at me. I don't want your gun. I don't want to take right. it from you. You can have your gun. I just don't point it at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's talk, which I thought it- speaks a lot for his intent. Yep. He doesn't seem scared of the situation, no. right? Like he's just like, yeah, totally. You and the boy the is trying to, hmm? yeah, the boy's trying to figure it out. And this is the first time the boy's had to be a man. You know what I mean? In a sense, I feel like, which is tough because uh, he wasn't really raised for survival. Right. In a sense, we've spoke on it. You know, he's kind of coddled a little bit uh, in a sense. But, you know, he does have the light in him, though, the fire. The kid does. Right. Have it, so and, and, that, and that's special. And so, yeah, he asked that of the man. Um and the man asks, is like, who was that man you were with? It was that your father, um, which the boy, you know, he says, do you want to? He asks him if he wants to come with him to live. And the boy questions him about his situation. And he decides to go with the man. And he asks him about the fire. The man's sort of like, you're a little weird, aren't you, kid? But, you know, yeah, yeah, I got the fire. OK, yeah, I got it. You know, uh, you know, do you have the fire? Yeah. And the boy's like, yeah. Um, and he says his goodbyes to his papa and he goes off with this like nice family and we meet a man and a woman. They don't have names either. A man yeah, and a woman. So and there's a, a boy Parker, and a girl. Yeah. It's like, I don't have, didn't have anything about the kids, but like it was Molly Parker played veteran's wife. Mm-hmm. That's what her. Yeah. But and she even have a dog. Yeah. There's a cool looking dog. And we see the, uh, I'm surprised they didn't eat the dog, to be honest. Yeah. Like, well, you would because think he asked them too. Are you the good guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're the goods. Yeah. Yeah, well, and he specifically asks him if he eats people, right? He's like, you don't eat people, right? Yeah. Yeah, because after he says about the light, he's like, you don't eat people, right? Or whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he says his goodbyes to his papa, and he comes to them. Yeah, he asks them if they're good guys or not. And, of course, they reply, and they explain. The the, the wife explains, we've been following you, you know, um, and we want to know if you want to live with us. Uh, and we see the boy. We confirm that the boy wasn't a vision. You know, it was there was a boy's kind of spying on him. Maybe that was the moment where they were going to say, hey, go make contact with this kid and see what his situation is. And they were going to have their son do it. But, yeah, you know, yeah. he got spooked. So. But, yeah, it's interesting just to see these these people going out of their way for this young kid and his well-being. And so it shows us that, like, there are other people out there carrying the light. You know, the old man. Yeah. These people. It's rare. But they are out there and, and just dumb luck. He happened to come across these people that happened to pick him up at a moment where he was going to be lost in the wind, maybe uh, without his dad. So luckily, this group, we don't know what happens after this, but no. we know he's in good hands at this moment in the story. One yeah. moment like before all this happens, there is a moment where the man and his son encounter something and like they, they open up something. And there's this beetle that flies off. Yeah, they find a beetle and like a little that that to me is a symbol of hope because there's no there's no life. There's no bugs. There's no none of that stuff. True. And that bug's just been dormant in there waiting to be released. 
Yeah, and it's getting freed. And mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that that is hope for what is going to happen in this world, that maybe like there's going to be a reset at some point, like where life is going to come back. Sure, sure. And yeah. so the idea of them holding out hope, live, being the good guys, living with that fire within them, that is going to pay off in the end. Mm-hmm. And you know, the uh, you know, because we're coming to the close on the movie, and I just it, something about this movie it does feel like a biblical allegory in in a way. Mm-hmm. The one character that's named uh, I was telling John is Eli. Eli is, uh, means uh, high or elevated. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a Hebrew name, and we have the man and the woman, Adam and Eve, possibly. Adam, yeah, 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 exactly, and. I think that the idea, the fire inside that is uh, like a symbol of like maybe like the Holy Spirit and like that. Yeah, these yeah. Moral, the moral center, like your moral. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. now you, you, I don't know if this is what the book was, uh, the, the author of the book was intending. I don't know if this is what the, the director was intending, but this is just what I see. It. And there, yeah, like I said, and they, you know, that, that one like small piece of life that beetle that flies out of that uh mm-hmm. whatever that like capsule that they open it was a fucking like a, chew it was a chew can empty yeah, chew can it was like a <laughs> yeah or like an altoids can or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's a, that's i you know it's not a dove which would uh, uh or anything no like but that. it does fly off and like you said it is a semblance of like hope of you know new beginnings and yeah and because, release also certainly yeah because right because right after that we meet like the you know obviously the dad dies but like the uh but he we feet, meet that other family that is not mm-hmm. they also have the fire within them they also are not giving into their baser instincts and no eat. they're surviving pretty so, well it looks like and willing to take on you more. know other responsibilities somebody else's kid you yeah know? so yeah they're, they're really nice people and yeah i do think the film has a lot of those themes going on um and I do think it could be an allegory for some biblical stuff. It's definitely there. That's there. I think Cormac McCarthy is really good at writing characters that operate in the gray area. Really oh, yeah. Like there's a lot of light and dark in his stories, but then there's like gray areas. Like a lot of times the, the protagonists aren't necessarily like you're at, you know, like Viggo Mortensen's character or like um, what's his name's character in no country for old men. Um, Josh Brolin's Josh Brolin's character. Like he's a decent dude, but like, he's not like, you know, fucking Prince Charming either. No, you know what I mean? But he's a capable man and he comes into this situation and he kind of just deals with it. And we get the same thing with Papa here where Papa's just trying to survive and protect his son and instill enough qualities in his son that he knows that when he dies, his son has enough to survive himself or, you know, create a, a life for himself and survive without having to depend on somebody or succumb to his baser instinct or become a cannibal or whatever this you know the worst fate could be right. and yeah by pure luck he finds his family which i could see you thinking like i can't remember if the book ends on this note i think it yeah, does I, I, i've never read the but book, I, so i'll be honest it's been a long time since i read the book and i can't really remember it like page i don't page. yeah i don't remember i don't i don't remember either. write in call and call in and let us know if uh yeah the uh so you know before we get into our reviews there's just one like little note i have is that this so this movie was supposed to come out in i think november or december of 2008 but it got pushed back to 2009 because they wanted to they wanted to have a uh less crowded uh movie schedule that like would might be against it there was a lot of 
good movies that came out around that time. And they were wanting this to be kind of like an Academy Awards potential for this film. Uh, it had a $20 million budget. It, I think it made like $30 million. I don't yeah. think it did. But it also had a very limited release here in the U.S. Uh, I, I mean, it, it didn't have a wide theatrical release. It's not the, the type of film that's going to fill seats. Like, oh, I can't wait to go see that bleak-ass fucking depression. Yeah. Sure. Apocalyptic no, it, film, it, you know? It did release in, in England and uh, or all, all across the U.K., uh, it had a wide release over there, not so much here. Um, and I think because of that, I mean, I think that's why like this film maybe didn't get seen by a lot of people. I, yeah. I had never some people can't watch movies like this. Like there's some people that literally can't watch films that have any bummer. Like, uh, oh, see, I don't, I don't think this movie has a bummer ending. It, well, it's I mean, a, the dad dies, you well, know, it's a, it's a the kid, but the kid yeah. does live on, but yeah, we still, he loses his dad and it's sad. You it's know. a hard it's yeah it's a hard watch i think if you especially if you are you know if the, if that kind of thing really affects you then it's not going to be one yeah that you're you're, you're setting out to watch over but like, over. yeah it is hopeful at the very I, end i'm not saying that it's not an emotional film it really is it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's i mean it's it, not like the kid uh, survives dad dies and the kid goes to disneyland after like he's still in the apocalypse with these people but i think like I said, I feel like that beetle is like the like like just, so here's what here I, i'm going to have a little bit of a biblical section here so the uh the the beetle flying off symbolizing like that there is life and hope i feel like this is like kind of after like the the great flood that we hear about in the bible that beetle is a symbol of like life and hope that like in this desolate land that maybe the life will return at yeah. some point the fact that the son isn't just like wandering off by himself after his dad dies mm-hmm. that he gets in he gets adopted into this new family yeah There's, like i said that is a symbol of hope as well no it is true this this movie ends on a hopeful note because the, the whole movie is like fuck the, i don't see any hope in this film up until like is it this movie ramps up into hope hope this is true i mean it does it's 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 this movie's version of hope um, yeah you which is, like i said it's it's very minimal but there's a lot. There are a lot of people that have clung on to less hope. This is true. Yeah, it's just it comes right on the heels of him losing his his papa. And yeah, that's the main it, like I said, relationship this is a we've very seen the entire film. So it's tough. This is a very difficult movie for people to watch. There are, I think, yeah, like, you're right. There's just a lot like of- Life of Pi. That like there's very similar. Yep, that got to me too. I was just like, and I don't yeah. avoid those moments. Like I'm fine with the moment. If a movie can cue into something that I went through emotionally, I am fine with that. Like that is what movies do. That's yeah, that's the goal, right? Filmmaking to, to take the, your experiences that you've had and to draw on those. There, yeah, yeah, that's and that's have cool. a story that resonates with me right. as a as an audience member. Like, oh shit, like this moment is gonna make me cry because it's cueing in on something I went through, and I can put myself in the shoes of the characters. Understanding the character. Exactly, exactly. Like, for me, the beetle getting away was a missed opportunity for a meal. They could have ate that fucking, you know what I mean? That's how I saw it. No, I'm just kidding. They were eating the crickets throughout the film, so that's why I was like, get that beetle. But yeah, no, the beetle, thinking about the beetle, because it comes, like, kind of last minute, but it is a symbolic moment that I think the film sort of doesn't really spend a lot of time focusing on it happens and we move on but yeah that is a poignant moment actually of like reemergence or something like that or uh, a beauty in the like world it, that's sort of I released feel like again life is starting to return there's color in the beetle yeah there's not as much color in the you know it's green and blue have these insect yeah these 
they're colorful insects when they spread their wings and stuff. Um, yeah, you guys want to? You got anything else you want to get into the? Reviews? No, no, no. Let's let's get into our reviews. Um, why don't we explain our rating system and yeah. we'll see what you think about a Hyderberg? Uh, so for those not, uh, well, I got to give my actual points, but for those, as far as rating scores go, our rating system are scales, uh, from best to worst, uh, instant classic, buy it, rent it, watch the trailer and never, ever watch this shit. Right. So never watch the shit being the worst that you can give a film. I don't you think you could have a, uh, two ratings, right? Like a slash this or that. Oh, of course. Yeah, we have increments. Like a double bubble. Rent it or whatever. Yeah, you could do bubble, (laughs) double bubble if you'd like. You were just looking for a way to put in double bubble. I bet for fucking three and a half hours I've been sitting here like, where is this fucking double Double bubble bubble movie? Yeah, because it's not the kind of movie where you're. There was no double bubble. And then he killed two cannibals. Double bubble. Double bubble. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, just some pros, just amazing performances. Uh, The setting and atmosphere, just as well done. I love the way it's shot. The color palette, I think, is great. You know, it's yeah, it's a gray film. It reminds me of Fallout. It's gray and brown. But that's what you're getting here. Like, this is a bleak ass time. It's not the sun's not out. The, it's the end of the world. Uh, the brightest thing we see is the fire, you know, in this film and some other things here and there. But uh, I just the costume design, I think, is also really well done. I think it stands out to me in a way that's like it's not meant to stand out. Like it's it just looks genuine. It looks like clothes that were lived in. Um, you know, the plastic bags as socks and stuff like that. Like it all just makes sense to me. And it the look and feel of the film is palpable. You can sense the dust in the world and the, the things are grimy. They sit down on a chair that's been outside for years and it's just got this layer of fucking soot and dust on it that just speaks to me. Like there's history in these items. Um, I think set design did a really good job. The score I thought was really touching also and tense at moments when it needs to be. And it was done in part by Nick Cave, by the way. Uh really? Yeah. It was him That's and another guy. Yeah. Warren Ellis or something. Not the comic book Warren Ellis, but um, I think the adaptation of the book also is very well achieved here. Um, I've read the book, but like I said, it's been a while, but I do. I never remember any moments in, in the book or the movie just standing out like, oh, this totally goes against the grain. Like it, it's a really good adaptation, as is uh, his other movie, uh, No Country for Old Men. And this writer is really good. Cormac McCarthy is a really good. And he yeah. writes films of this nature. I mean, books of this nature, though, that deal with you know, intense subject matter. That's um, I don't know. It's good for good for storytelling, though. I really enjoy this as a post-apocalyptic film. I like that it doesn't focus on the event, I, but rather just this father and son trying to survive and whether Mortensen can teach his kid how to survive before he dies, like that race against time. And it's relatable. Um even without the backdrop of the apocalypse, you have a kid. How much time do I have with my son? How long am I going to, you know, I need to teach him certain things before I'm gone. He has to learn these things in order to be a man or what, you know what I mean? Like these are all things that a father or a parent could, could struggle with, even in a world that's not plagued by famine and drought and all that other stuff. Um, I think the bleak nature of this story just hits like whether it's on the page or on the screen. It's it's a heartfelt tale of family dependency and destitution. I think it's just really well done. Um, I know it's a turnoff for some, maybe the bleak nature, but for me, it's 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 a driving force for this movie. It sets the tone for this particular story, and that's where this story takes place is in this bleak, desolate, apocalyptic world. And I love that about this story. Uh, some cons though: hearing Papa, Papa, 
gets it gets a little annoying after a while. The kid gets a little annoying, and not in a bad way. His acting's superb. Yeah. He's a great actor. Uh, he's really good in his role, but he's just sort of like a whiny character. Um, when he's like papa, papa, it's just like it, it's be quiet, be quiet. Right. It's fucking like there's that moment where they come across that camp where there's like a kill spot and they almost got caught again by um cannibals that are chasing that redheaded lady and her kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like he's like loud as fuck. Even Vigo is being a little loud during that moment. It's like, yeah. God, come on. I think you know better. But anyway, um, I can feel I can feel that they are bouncing around a little bit um, from one interaction to another fairly quickly. It feels just like a tad rushed a little bit because of that. Like you are. But I get it. Like, I don't know. You would you would have had to lengthen the film, the runtime of the film, though, to elaborate more on some of these occasions where they you know, met someone or whatever, like the old man or like. So in the film, it kind of plays out as like, now they do this. Now they did this. And then they're here. Then they're here. And that's just, just sort of the way that the story is able to jump around and tell us, get us to the beach. You know what I mean? Eventually. And it feels a little rushed in a, in a sense, storytelling wise. But like this movie is almost two hours long. So I mean, you'd have to do like a two and a half to three hour film to really flesh out more of these interactions. So I think it does a decent job of getting us where we need to go. Um, but I could see that being a complaint a little bit, too, where it jumps around. Again, it's a very bleak film, and that can be a turnoff for some. And the rewatchability just isn't that high uh, for someone that won't enjoy, you know, like bleak storytelling. Um, it's a bleak film, like I said, and that just for some people won't it won't they won't be enticed to watch multiple times. Although I do implore you to, I think at least two watches. This film has a good amount to say, and I think um, giving it more than one watch um, will benefit you as an audience. So with that said, I think. I'm going to give The Road from 2009. I'm going to give it a firm buy it. This is a great movie. And I am I think it, I would I would own it. I own it on DVD, but I want to buy it on Blu-ray or 4K if I can find a good copy. Cool. What about you, Rob? What do you think? Uh, yeah, this is a uh this is just a powerhouse of great acting. Uh the even like for people that only show up for maybe like 5 5 10 minutes in the film, they do a great job. I mean, mainly mainly it's Bigo and uh, the boy, who's played by Cody Smith McPhee, it's mainly them. But like all the other little side characters we get, powerhouse acting, and sure. you know, even like even all the side characters. I mean, these are all heavy hit, heavy hitting actors that we've all seen in a whole bunch of shit. So the fact that they were all bought in into this project, they liked the book, they liked the what what's being put out there, and it's like, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a side character that's going to be in the film for two minutes. Cool. I'm in. So that says a lot about this project. And I love that the fact that this is a, essentially a practically done film. It would have been very easy to go CGI on all this. They did not do that. They uh, and Vigo actually went so crazy. Like I like I said, I don't know if he's a method actor. Maybe he is. But like for this film, he really went all out. You can tell like watching all his interviews about him talking about the project. He loved this thing. And I mean, he went he went so far as to kind of dress up in rags and like sleep, learn what it meant to sleep outside and stuff like that. And he actually lived a little bit like a homeless person. And he actually got kicked out of places because they thought he was homeless Um, because he went to he went that far. So I think the acting is really well done. I think the story is great. Like I said, I I, there's a uh, maybe people will disagree with me and that's fine. But I, I do feel like there's a lot of biblical allegory here, uh, as I've mentioned. And so that's, to me, that's intriguing. 
I, I do like biblical allegories to stories. And this is without real. It, this is not explicitly stated to be that, but I think it does have those elements. Yeah, I would absolutely. Uh, I feel like a, yeah. a lot of stories pull from Bible stories. You so, know I mean, I mean, like, I mean yeah. it is one of the greatest stories ever told. There's a right. whole movie called The Greatest Story Ever Told. That's the story of like you know, it's I think it has Charlton Heston in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I I like the film. It looks great. It's acted well. It's it's bleak until it's not because I don't I I personally don't feel like the ending is very bleak and you know i don't i didn't go through the same um situation as heidelberg did but i certainly felt motions that this film brought out and it's like damn like that the interaction with the the boy and his father and you know when the when the father dies like that's fuck that's tough man and it's like what's gonna happen so but i i can see like we're maybe there's people that don't want to watch this because it it is a it's a hard watch and so with that i have to go with a rent it slash buy it because i don't think everyone's going to want to buy it like i did um i think it's a solid rented slash buy it because i think this is a at least a one-time view uh i mean i personally will probably watch this again at some point here pretty soon maybe buy it on the the 4k you know get that physical media going but for for everyone else I would say this is a rented slash buy it. You bastard. No, I'm just kidding. No, you make a good point. Uh, definitely. I think, yeah, the the bleak nature of this film, this is not a, hey, everybody, it's the seasonal holiday season. Fuck Let's yeah, I'm my favorite, The Road. Woo! My favorite movie, The Road. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's family reunion. <laughs> oh, after that, let's hit my house. We'll watch The Road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and fry up some, uh, you know, I don't know, some queso. Here's going. <laughs> <laughs> John, what do you think about the road? Uh the road. The road um, as they as they say. Yes. Uh it's it's uh it's I really, really enjoyed it, obviously. Uh we talked fantastically about it this whole time. It's um like you said, it's just very well done acting. And I just I love the way that the story is told and how it, it really pulls you from like you you really feel the timeline in the sense of of deterioration that this family and this man and his boy have gone through throughout this time so by the time you get to that ending it just it feels so like that payoff of like your emotions is there it's it's mm-hmm. you know even if you it's like you know it's i earned. i have a a hard relationship with my father and so it's something that is it, to to watch that is something that you know it, it pulls on that when you when you have these kind of real life issues um so for me i kind of i kind of tend to get blindsided by it and I, there's not a whole lot negative i can say about the movie just because i really feel entrenched into the and when i watch it like i can feel this story like it's it's this thing that it's it's just very easy for me to lock into to these characters and to just really feel the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the a lot of like I said. There's I think there's some really cool camera work and things that happen. Like I really like that. Like at the end, that shift to the point of view of going from the father to the son, and now that we have the low shot, uh, and even uh, you know the things of uh, of like he has these terrible 
nightmares about the past of his wife and what has led up to what has happened. But then he he gets to a, a sincere safe place. And when that happens, he has the, you know, finally he gets a positive dream out of it. And and so I think it it just it does a lot of really good things. And uh this is a, a very firm buy it. Um for the same reason of like it's not a movie that I think I would want to watch. I, I think this is probably like the similar to Hydroberg. I think it's third, fourth time I've seen it. Uh, I remember watching it in the movies because um, this is after No Country. Yeah. And so, you know, Cormac McCarthy, like, you know, it's another story that is being told. So I remember like being up on the hype and wanting to 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 see it. Um, so I did see it in theaters and I, I seen it after that. And then this was another watch. So it's. It's one that I I would watch again, but definitely like we're talking about, not not one that's gonna go on all the time. Yeah, and this is like a good lending movie too. Like I own it, and then I'll lend it to people too. Like totally. we do here, you know, like oh, you should check this movie out. Yeah, borrow it, and let me know what you think of it. Yeah, that's a really good phrase. Actually, it's a good lend it movie. It is. That's a th- <laughs> that would have been a good uh, a good. That would have been a good lend it score. Yeah, lend it. Yeah, it's like a recommend. Or, or, yeah. yeah. Basically, it's like fucks or sucks on the cut of up. But I do yeah. like that you uh, you do have some ties into this film as well with the, you know, the fatherhood and uh, it, stuff going on there, too. I'm glad I, I'm not the only one that sort of, I don't know, felt those scenes. Oh, yeah, for I, sure, dude. Like, yeah. it's like we have that, like, you know, I, I have what I have with my father. It is yeah. what it is. But it's like it's just it's it's easy to, you know, er, er, you know, seeing everyone seeing this and thinking of like, oh, the. It's also hard to to see it and 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 wish for that kind yeah, of relation. Yeah, not feel something. You know what I mean for this to like kid as well as probably have something in your life too, where you're putting yourself in this situation. Like, right? Yeah, it's and like I said, I I don't have the situations that you two have with my dad. I mean, it's I don't have the greatest relationship with him. Uh, I but I do have a relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, and he's here. And I, but it's still like it's the thing, you know. My dad's much older now. You know, he's he's almost seventy now, yeah. and it's like you know that time is running out. I don't know if he's gonna live. And it's like it's kind of the same thing. in with this story, it's like it's the passage of time, and like and you know, my dad's eventually gonna pass away, and there's only so much more that I can get out of him. You know, yeah. how much more can I get it? that? You know, even if it, I don't know if it's gonna be six months. Is it gonna be ten years? Uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. So it's you don't it's know. Still, we don't know. It still has some emotional tie to myself as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no. I mean, the, dude, this movie is just a hard-hitting movie, I think. So. It really because is. Because it's craft, the, the directing, the writing, the, the acting, it's all yeah, done well together to make you feel what these characters are going through in this setting. So I think that's well, a testament to how good it is. So we got a couple of buy we got a rent-it slash buy it. Yeah, we got some variation here. I dig it. Now, John, you, you finish this up with the reviews, uh, but you your pick is next week. What are we doing, buddy? That is correct. Uh, next week, it is I. And we're going to be watching a little unknown film by the name of The Watchmen. What? Also from 2009. Oh, wow. Um, uh, I'm excited. This is the this is the movie that um, got me into uh, wanting to to read comic books. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't necessarily have that as a, as a kid that I was super into that. Right. But, yeah. um, watching that movie made me go, yeah, I want to go read that. And then reading that made me fucking deep. De- we'll, we'll talk about it, but, uh, yeah, it's a real dope film. Uh, I'm excited about it. We're going to uh, be yeah. watching the director's cut. I think we are oh, watching the director's us, cut. Right? 
Rob, right. you have the director's cut as well, so I do have. The, well, I I've never seen it, so I'm looking forward to watching it this week. I I uh, I'm re- I got it queued up, ready to go. So right. looking forward to it. Yeah, I know, I know it's gonna be, I know it's gonna be a high scoring one. I know it's real good. You guys are gonna it's love trash. it. It's a trash film. Never yeah. ever watch this shit. Okay, you got it, buddy. Our first ever. Our first. <laughs> yeah, don't ever. lend it. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, I'm um, I'm pumped. So that's uh that's what we're doing that week. Nice. And then, uh, well, I believe uh, I've seen you guys elsewhere. I just can't quite put a finger. No, I've seen Rob somewhere before. I've I've heard him. Rob, I've been. Not, I've, I, I I talk. I I do a few other things. Uh, I am on another podcast called Circle of Jerks. Oh my god, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a show on YouTube that we, uh, me and my friend Andy, put together. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, we have a live stream every Tuesday. We uh, just, uh, as of this recording, we had put out a, a review of Peeping Tom with uh, your boy on A Cut Above, John. And uh, we I think we have a few other episodes that are coming out here pretty soon. And you can reach us on Instagram at Podcast COJ and on X slash Twitter, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Instagram is Circle of Jerks Podcast. Twitter slash X is at Podcast COJ. And if you want to talk to me personally, I am at Robo Rice. Nice. Uh, uh, guys, I have I have some news. I also have a podcast. Another oh, one. Oh, shit. Holy shit. Are you, you serious? Yeah, bro. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's called The Cut Above. Horror Cheater. Review. Yeah. Uh, I, I also have two other co-hosts, uh, John and Jacqueline. And uh, we rate and review horror movies each week. Uh, this uh, this month, we are uh, dissecting uh, the unibrow in horror films. Um, and we're having a blast doing it. So check us out at A Cut Above Horror Review on all your pod launchers, podcast apps, Spotify's, and whatever. You can catch us on Instagram at acutabove.horror underscore review. Um, and on Twitter slash X at cutabovehorror. And on Facebook at A Cut Above Horror Review. John, John what about you? Please tell me you're not cheating on us, too. What are you doing? I do not have a podcast. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Uh, Yes, leave that to you, too. Um, No, what I do is I I go go back in time and I play a little thing called the Nintendo. What? And uh, I I, I play that on twitch.tv slash kinetic onslaught. Just old ass games. I just play through them. Uh, basically, I I grew up with a Super Nintendo, not a regular Nintendo. I only played a couple of games on the regular Nintendo, and uh, I thought, you know what, it would be cool to go back and play all these and share them with other people. Um, so it's Fuck something yeah. that I'm kind of discovering for the first time, but also dealing with other people. You know, they get to tune in, watch, talk shit. That sounds awesome, and you have a community. I've 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 queued in a couple uh sessions and watched some of your gaming, and I could see that there's a a budding community there of people that show up every time. Same name. Small following of perverts for sure. I dig it. Oh, Rob, you're in there. (laughs) Rob is always there front and center. Try to be as resident cinematic pervert. He's uh... (laughs) speaking of cinematic perverts uh, work. If you're a fan of the Cinemigos, where can they find this? They can find us on Instagram at Cinemigos, one word underscore podcast. And Rob, what if they were on X and they wanted to? Uh, yeah. If they're on X, they can find us at Tresin Amigos, T R E S C I N E M I G O S. All right, fellas. And I'll sign us off with I'll talk to you every day. And I won't forget, no matter what.
No matter what, Papa. Hey, your badges. Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. <laughs>